particular <laughs> thing, actually, because oh yeah, my god, I got I got some rants. Well, it's going to be reliant on our rants because Mark <laughs> cannot, in good conscience or good uh, financial practice, afford to badmouth Picard very much <laughs> this week. And I understand and appreciate it, so we're going to have to do all the heavy hate lifting for this, which I'm more than happy to do. <laughs> I'm excited. Well, Mark, you did, you did get to see your, your uh, Federation ships. You got to see like 200 of the same one. <laughs> He's been complaining about that all and it, it looked pretty bad too. It looked pretty bad. Yeah, it's uh, it was not my it's a it was not my favorite design they could have gone with. I guess so. <laughs> I'm like, a little, like a dreadnought class, something like that. It kind of had like a, it 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 kind of reminded me in shape of like a, well, it's actually a, it's very based on the Avenger class from Star Trek Online, mm. or at least that kind of seems to be the base of it. And it's obviously got lots of design lineage hearkening through the Sovereign and like Akira class designs, like the first contact dominion war kind of line of design yeah but they had later heavy, on heavy artillery kind of heavy armor ships yeah like the big fighter classes and stuff like that so i was like that's i mean i was i mean i understand the logistically building 200 sense. warships but it's just boring to not see like <laughs> starfleet coming in and not seeing a galaxy and an excelsior and, yeah, and like enterprise and something or like at least the new enterprise like show me the odyssey class yeah. if they're gonna go down the sto route and stuff like that yeah 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 so yeah. i mean yeah <laughs> I mean, considering how cheap everything else was on this show, like they just they didn't like there wasn't a ton of great set design or anything like that going on. You know what I mean? Like you know, you never get that feeling of like being on the ship. We'll get it. Yeah. yeah, save it for the save it for the meat, guys. Save it for the <laughs> yeah. All right, Sh- shall we begin? All right, Wait, welcome everybody. Are- isn't Mark hosting this week? No, I'm no. hosting this week. Oh yeah, he made you host it, didn't he? <laughs> he, he, he basically. Well, no, because I hosted last week, yeah. I think, and yeah. then we decided to do Picard this week, and I was like. You know what? Just take it. I don't. <laughs> I'm I'm more than happy to take the reins on this one. It's fine. I'm ready. I'm ready. Because I'm almost in like I'm gonna put my Spider-Man mask on and just sit here quietly, kind of mode. <laughs> like, yeah. And, like put my headphones on. Visual gags. Yeah, aren't working. And it's just gonna record like shit through the mask too. Like yeah, it's just gonna sound, sound terrible. Sounds yeah. so good. Right. You sound like yeah. Tom Hardy in The Dark Knight Rises, which is great. Ooh. Ooh, what should I be doing with this mask on? <laughs> We're so bored. I'm doing three year old brain impressions. It's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so welcome to I guess second or third edition of Quarantine Dance Robot Dance. What? How long have we been? This is the third the one. I think we've been kind of staring at the walls and doing episodes still. Yeah, so. I think pretty yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. So we are we continue our the saga of COVID nineteen, which is going to dominate most of our news section. Which is we're going to get through quickly because mm. I don't want to talk about how disappointed I am with stuff. So first of all, movie delays. Black Widow and Wonder Woman have both been delayed. No surprise. Yeah, I mean, I those are movies that I don't want to see, like, even on my home theater setup anyways. So, like, I want to see those in a fucking theater, so I'm fine to wait for those until yeah. shit clears up. Like, that's a small price to pay. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. Like, the new Pixar movie got shifted over to digital release very quickly this past week. Yeah. And onward and onward yeah it wasn't doing well even before that it got pretty fucking middling reviews and yeah. the trailer for that looked like fucking hot ass garbage i'm not gonna lie 
Yeah, I haven't even watched it yet, and I've I've had it downloaded. Um, oh, I mean, I have the potential to watch it legally. Everybody for, knows. <laughs> everyone knows. Um, well, we also we have Disney Plus in the house, so like we could go watch yeah, it whenever we wanted on Disney Plus, and that's got a 4K rip. Like we could just go sit downstairs and watch it at some point. We but could, but I, I, I have I, very I, little interest in anything Chris Pratt does these days, so I'm kind of like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, cool. Yeah, The Walking Dead's current season will be cut short. We have to wait for Supernatural episodes. Like, there's just a lot of delays across the board. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of disappointing but totally understandable and the responsible thing to do so let's continue if we need to delay things to continue to do that so that our creators and actors and whatnot are not put at risk and we can watch old ips and stuff that we can catch up on rather than uh devouring new stuff constantly Um, yeah i started watching schitt's creek finally and um, i'm i'm enjoying it it's not like my favorite thing in the world but it's it's good it's mm-hmm. funny. Takes mm-hmm. my mind off everything being on fire. Yeah. Well, I because I've been forced to watch Picard this week for our meet of the episode, I have not been able to focus on any other TV, unfortunately. But, like, we'll get There's there. There's only, like, ten episodes. How long did it take you to watch ten episodes? Well, he was he was doing, like, two at a time and, like, procrastinating <laughs> real hard. <laughs> like, real hard. I told And I warned him, like, a week ago. Like, you should start watching, like, an episode a day so that you can just kind of do it. Like, yeah. like it's not as difficult to do. Yeah. I kind of did. I, and then he played, like, 12 hours of Final Fantasy fourteen instead. <laughs> and... Hey, don't spoil my geek cred or my geek of the week, you dick. It's been the same thing for like three weeks now. Why was that a spoiler? Shut up. Yeah, see? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is what happens when hosts of Dance Robot Dance live together, listeners. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, but uh, speaking of video games, uh, we've got a release of some cool stuff this week for people who are trapped inside. We got the DLC for Control released this week, Half Life Alex, the VR. Half-Life got released, Doom Eternal. Last Friday, we got Animal Crossing, which has been choking my Facebook feed. And yeah, Alicia got into that, and I just I don't fucking get it, guys. I don't get Animal Crossing. That's another one of those, like, Mark's obviously not going to get it kind of thing, but I am chomping at the bit to play fucking Doom. I can tell you what, that yeah. looks awesome. So, Like, Animal Crossing for me is just like, hey, let's, like, put all the grindy parts of a game and just make it a game that's entirely that. Mm-hmm. Take out all the fun story parts, and but you just have to, like, collect shit. That's, that's it. Yeah. yeah. It also doesn't play, like, the gameplay loop of it is not, it's just that stuff. There's no, like, action to it also, which yeah. completely takes me out of, like, wanting to play that game at all. Because yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to grind and build shit. I want to have to kill things to get the things that I have to grind and whatever build. So... Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the fun of the video game for me. <laughs> Animal Crossing takes that out. And it's like, well, yeah. not my thing. But so. people yeah. people are living for it because it's all Oh, yeah. Just, people love it. Ever, even on some of the subreddits where I wouldn't expect any crossover, like my RuPaul's Drag Race subreddit is constant. Like, I made this queen's look in Animal Crossing. Check it out. I'm like, oh, no, all right, guys, <laughs> that's I don't need this kind of crossover. This level of cro- <laughs> like on my Pokemon. No one wants this. Yeah. On my Pokemon <laughs> subreddit, I expected it because they're both Nintendo. But like, hey, anyway, <laughs> speaking of video game news this week, GameStop finally closed its doors amid this pandemic. <laughs> They had their fucking business license pulled in a couple of states because they wouldn't close their stores. Yeah. yeah. 
Because they were like, we're an, we're an essential service. People need video games. It's not like they can get them digitally. Oh, my God. Yeah, especially like right now where <laughs> Sony and Microsoft have both done giant sales on everybody right now. I think Steam's having about to launch their spring sale early, I think, too. Like, that's kind of the rumbling going around Reddit right now. It's like we're going to start seeing big video game sales as people are like, hey, stay home. Like, mm-hmm. if I were Sony and Microsoft, I'd already pulled the trigger and be like, everything's 50% off. Because we know we're just going to make a fuckload of bank right now because people are stuck at home mm-hmm. yeah. and need shit to play. And, like, they put Control on sale on PlayStation, and the DLC came out this week, but the DLC is delayed for Xbox, and I played it on Xbox. So I'm sitting here going, like, do I spend 25 bucks and double dip so that I can play through Control again and get the DLC and then do the DLC again on Xbox in a couple months because that game's so good I would play it all twice. So there you go. (laughs) That's that's where I am in isolation now where I'm like, I'm going to buy a video game that I've already bought and beat to do it all again on a different platform and get the trophies all again. Because I'm a crazy person. Sounds about right. Nope. No argument. Paul's here. nodding at me. Paul's nodding at me in agreement. He's like, "Yeah, that sounds about Just right." Do it. Just fucking <laughs> yeah. like considering the, considering my level of productivity and what I have been focusing my energies on. That sounds fine. Like, hey what, man, what do we? Uh, what else are we gonna do? What? I got my website up this week. So what the fuck more do you want? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So blackbringgallery.com. Go. go buy Mark's prints. Yeah, man. Just do it. I had to take the letter candy one down today, but all the two Batmans and Supernatural are up, and we're hoping to have Star Trek up in the next couple of weeks, and that will be the money right there. Yeah. And hopefully, then I then I can trash Picard because those will already be on sale. <laughs> I can come back. We'll do a Mark reviews like single. Like, I'll come in and I'll do a special one on my own supplemental. Just like all right, now that I got it out of the way, here's my two hour rant about Star Trek Picard. All right, give give you like. Three shots of Jack Daniels and like some weed. Like a good, you like go. some weed, and just let me go. Do you guys don't even have to be on the episode? Just be like, this is just Mark. I'm just gonna sit here and I'm gonna scream into this microphone for two hours about this shit until Paul comes in and tells me I have to stop. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll put it up unedited. Just me stoned and screaming, just rambling. At, yeah, it'll be just just like me and uh, uh, the Lord of the Rings marathon. Oh yeah, yeah. Basically, it'll be exactly that. I mean, that's the content I think people want from us. Really, is just me being belligerent and angry about how my Star Trek isn't Star Trek anymore. So yeah, um, that's all I really have for geek news. I didn't want to focus on too much on like who got infected with the virus and stuff like that because it's just depressing. Oh man, I was so bummed out the Ramstein guy got hit. I was like, come on, really, Ramstein? He's apparently on the mend. Yeah, which is good. I mean, he's in amazing shape though. Like. You see that guy? He's built like a yeah. fucking house. So, mm-hmm. yeah. The only one that was really notable to me was Stuart Gordon, who was the director of uh, Reanimator. Yeah, the director of Reanimator passed, and away a bunch of other, yeah, a bunch of other like sort of cult classic horror movies. He passed away at seventy-two, and there they didn't speci- like they said like his death was like multiple organ failure, and I think he'd been sick for a while, so I don't think that one's necessarily related to COVID nineteen, but. Mm. Uh, or if it is, he got hit and it took him down real quick because he was already yeah. immunocompromised. So something like, like that. But yeah, yeah. that was kind of sad for the horror horror fans and of the world. It made me stop and watch Reanimator again for the first time oh, yeah? in a decade. So oh fuck, I love that movie. Jeffrey Combs, man, you know, like you want to talk about guys I love because of Trek. Like Jeffrey Combs, I loved before Trek, and then I love him even more because he was in Trek. Also, you know, so yeah. I love Jeffrey Combs. Yeah. The other biggest thing for me was Diamond stopped shipping new yes, comics. That's... They completely suspended all shipments of new comics after basically after this week. So I had to go out and like run some errands yesterday and I like dropped by my comic store and just like paid for everything over the phone, had them just like 
you know curbside pickup yeah just i i didn't even like go in like they just jumped dumped the stuff in my trunk it felt like a fucking drug deal because i wanted to go in and like support them because you know they don't yeah. have like any real support at the moment besides that and they're still in the store but after this week no fucking new comics are shipping until who knows when mm-hmm. there was a story or well, not a story but like my my twitter feed which i obviously follow a lot of like active artists and stuff like that and a lot of people were getting pencils down notes from their editors this week so like yeah yeah it's starting to get i don't know i don't know how the comic industry makes it through this properly you know what i mean like i'm sure there'll be some there's there's always going to be comics but then there is digital yes yeah but i mean like i think the print industry like this is going to be a hard big blow for like the diamond distribution like print floppy kind of thing but there is also, you know, there's a lot of, there's all kinds of like stimulus packages going out right now. And a lot of that is going to go to businesses. So hopefully that will help them get through it. And I know Gail Simone is sort of championing a movement right now for like a DC Marvel crossover to sort of keep everybody interested. The Twitter has been a light with that. I've, 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 I've even volunteered myself to draw a couple of them because there's some of them, the ridiculous ones I'm like, I'm on board with. <laughs> Because I follow, like, I follow Gail on Twitter along with, uh, like, obviously a bunch of writers as well. Because yeah. that's the industry I'm kind of leaning towards these days, anyway. But like, yeah, the, yeah, the, I've, I've seen some really interesting, like, Devil Dinosaur takes on somebody from DC that I don't know. Basically, you know what I mean? I'm like, I would draw Devil Dinosaur versus Gorilla Grodd. Yeah, Gorilla Grodd or I mean, something I would, like that. I would read that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah you know, like that. Kind of, I've seen, I've seen that one like get thrown around, like just ridiculous. Like, I'm, you see the big ones because, like, Brian Hitch is like, I'm drawing X Men versus Avengers. I don't give a shit who says what, and I'm like, yeah, Brian Hitch, you absolutely are drawing that. If I get to pick who's drawing it, because the only problem with that is it'll take three years to get done. But yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So, I want Kite Man versus Speedball. Or <laughs> some hey, if it's if it's like Tom King's version of Kite Man, then I'm all for that. That was yeah, that's that, was, that yeah. would be pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> he's he was in there uh, pitching some stuff too, like at Gail Simone and stuff. So I was like, I saw him and Warren, and like everybody was kind of getting involved. Like, yeah, if we can do this, and it's just like to keep interest going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, may as well, right? So yeah, it's been. Like I think it'd be good, interesting. Good, it's like been twenty like, years at this point. I think since we've had like a proper. It was like the late 90s when like that yeah, DC just, Marvel All Access stuff happened. Yeah, it was 96, right? I think when... Uh, there's 96 and there's another wave of them like the year after. Oh, right. Because they did JLA Avengers the next year, right? With, there, uh, J- no, JLA Avengers was like 94. And then there was that DC Marvel Access crossover. There was two phases of Amalgam. One phase of Amalgam happened there. And another okay. happened the following year. There was like a follow-up series called DC Marvel All Access, I think. Yeah. Okay. And that had like that second wave. And I think that might have been 97 or 98. But I think that was the last time there's been like sort of a big, you know, there's been like these little here and there kind of crossovers, like one shots or whatever. But that's the last time there was sort of a big like line wide crossover. Yeah. Well, especially considering the rumors going around about DC right now, it'd be nice to get some interest in that camp. There's been some pretty nasty rumors about that getting shut down completely, too, which I don't think are true, but like, yeah. There's like with AT&T running the show, you never know, like publishing may go off the window kind of thing. So, Mm. yeah. So anything else, Tim? Yes. There's two bits of Mandalorian casting news that excited me. Uh, One was Rosario Dawson being cast as the live action version of Ahsoka Tano from Clone Wars, which has been like a fan cast dream for years and years and years. And she has expressed interest in the past in wanting to do it. And so I think that that's pretty cool that she's going to get to do that. And I think she'll, she could bring a lot to that role for sure. Um, Especially considering Ahsoka Tano's back on Clone Wars now as well. Mm -hmm. 
And then the other one is Michael Bien from The Terminator and Aliens is cast in the second season of Mandalorian now as like some old grizzled like Mandalorian bounty hunter that apparently taught uh, our Mando, you know, a bunch of what he knows or something. That's awesome. Michael Bean is fucking fantastic. So that's exciting. It's nice to see him back doing shit because he doesn't really do a ton of stuff anymore, right? Yeah, he's, he's kind of like semi-retired, whether that's of his own volition or not. I don't know. I, I don't get that because I always thought he was really good, but he was kind of a James Cameron guy and never really seemed to expand outside the James Cameron sphere. Like, has he been in any of those? Like, is he in it? Hey, you know what I just thought about? I just thought about we're never going to get those Avatar movies. <laughs> uh, I think they're already in the can, honestly. I think they're just doing shots, like shooting more. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess. But uh, like by the time they fucking put like... <laughs> Who cares now? Who's going to care in six months? And you know what I mean? Like just, yeah. <laughs> oh man, what a mess. I don't think the first one was supposed to come out for a couple of years anyways. So I think yeah, the first maybe. one was like 2022. So we're going to be a weird time when things get back to normal in terms of like movies getting released. Like I, I saw the yeah, Batman just got completely put on hiatus at this point. So like all the big yeah, DC release schedules movies that are fucked right now for the next yeah. like year and a half to two years at least. Yeah, I guarantee you, Kevin Feige, he's just like, I, I'm so happy we got Endgame out last year. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, we we've, we wrapped up, and now, like, we're done. We're basically kind of getting ready to go into a rebuild phase. Yeah. But we got the big stuff done before, like, the world ended, basically. So, yeah. or at least for a couple months, right? Yeah. Yeah. The very last thing that I had was I've been watching Westworld season three as it comes out and this past week, I'm not going to go into, you know, great spoilers about the episode itself, but there was a fun little Easter egg where DB Weiss and David Benioff from game of Thrones were on there, like handling a simulation, whatever, whatever they're calling them, a host Drogon. So there's implication now that like, there's a game of Thrones park in the Westworld universe. Interesting. <laughs> Who would want to visit Westeros? <laughs> it's a good question. Uh, I mean, there there are some people in there. Like, I, if I if I could go in and be like Podrick, apparently he's like fucking hung like a horse and gets all the ladies. So, I mean, if you got to be like the the premise of Westworld is that you get to do all the horrible shit that you've always wanted to do. In, yeah. with no repercussions or at least that was like the first season like sell that's westeros on. yeah yeah and so like does that mean you could just go in there and be like just say like fuck this i'm conan the barbarian and i'm gonna cleave everybody in half that pisses me off like i would be actually you know what i'd be on board with that yeah. that'd be fun <laughs> that would be fun you get to come in as the mysterious sumerian that everybody wants to bone or kill and you get to kill them first because you're conan yeah <laughs> sign me up Sign yeah. me up. But if it was just like, hey, come in here and play a peasant, I'd be like, I'd fuck that place. No. Yeah, exactly. Die right away. Where's my yeah. Star Trek world, guys? I want future world. I don't want any of this bullshit medieval crap. <laughs> like, yeah. It's yeah. supposed to be an escapist fantasy for super rich people. So I think you'd get your Conan wish if that were the case. Sign me up, baby. Let's yeah. do that. I'll do that. All right. <laughs> so with that, that's all for you, Tim. Yeah, that's uh, everything. That all I right. Mark, do you have anything? <laughs> nah. No? Oh, nah. <laughs> all right. So then let's move on to our Geek of the Week. Geek of the Week. 
This is the segment of the show where we talk about the geekiest thing that we did this week. So let's start with Tim. Tim, what did you what did you do that was geeky this week? Ooh, I did a lot of stuff. I started a new game. I started it. I started playing Phantom Hourglass, the Legend of Zelda game that picks up after Wind Waker. But probably the nerdiest thing I did this week was actually doing some like computer maintenance kind of stuff. Like I took our media center computer apart and put a new six terabyte hard drive in it because the hard drives that were in it were filling up and gave it a good clean in and inside out. And I always end up feeling like extra nerdy when I'm like, you know, hands on computer component kind of time. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Even though, you know, that's all this shit's like fucking basically plug and play and everything, but you, know, yeah. you put on like a little bit of like fucking like prodigy in the background or like the hacker soundtrack. And all of a sudden you feel like <laughs> you know, hack the planet. Yeah. Like, I'm going to f- fucking make a new partition on this drive. Yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> what are you doing? That's so advanced. I'm like, Oh, nothing. I'm just plugging a hard drive in, you know, yeah. <laughs> nothing nuts, but yeah. Yeah, you know, hey, if you cool. get to do it in a phone booth that spins while alternative music from the mid nineties yeah. is playing, then, it's all good right yeah oh man i love that movie 90s trip hop and shit like that some portishead you know we were just talking about portishead earlier yeah Yeah. (laughs) well it's like one of those things that like what maybe five percent of people actually know how to do and you know everybody else would like take it into you know fucking geek squad or something to do it instead so i always feel a little a little elite let's say when i do that sort of shit yeah i've never i've never understood the uh they're so easy to manage now. You know what I mean? Like yeah, nothing, it's all modular. Go in, yeah, yeah, nothing goes nothing. in the wrong way. You can't fuck anything up these days. Like back in the day, you could fuck a machine up just by putting like RAM in the wrong way or some bullshit. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it was possible to do that. It's basically impossible to do that kind of stuff now. I still do all my hardware maintenance by hand the same way Tim does. Like we're just that kind of nerd, I think. <laughs> yeah, you know? I mean, I, I'm not much of a gearhead anymore and I don't do a whole lot of PC gaming. So there was a time when like I was throwing in a new graphics card like every six months and like I yeah. would have, you know, put a put that one in, you know, the the old one in the media center and etc. Yep. and swap back and forth and shit like that. But these days, like it's maybe once or twice a year that I'm in there, like actually doing anything actively. So when I do, it feels nerdy. Yeah, my big thing lately is just like oh, I'm stuffing another fucking six or ten ger- t- terabytes of storage in some yeah. machine or another. So like putting a new hard drive in at this point is basically like plugging in a Nintendo cartridge was back in the day for me. It's like yep. just something I do on a day-to-day basis all the time now. But yeah. <laughs> for me, the, the biggest challenge is finding the space in the case. Oh yeah. That, that has become an issue for me on almost every computer I own is like, do I have enough ports to fucking buy this device? Oh yeah. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to buy a new PCI card to put more USB ports on it so that I can connect <laughs> this piece of shit. Cause or, my, or buy, uh, buy like a new or buy like a, uh, a converter, uh, like bracket so to change yeah. like an optical drive bay into a hard drive bay and shit like yeah. that. Oh, yeah. like, don't need couple, this optical drive. So I've got a couple of those. I have one optical drive still in there. Like I've got my Blu-ray burner still in there, yeah. but I've got it means I've got four bays in my tower that are just like empty. That I'm like, well, they were empty and they now have hard drives <laughs> in them. So yeah, and that's in this my rig. I've got a super tower, like a big, like one of the bigger towers, and it's mm-hmm. like already a six bay like hard drive thing. But you know, two <laughs> SSDs and. All that other shit kind of in there already. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Nerds. 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 So, Mark, what was your Geek of the Week? I caught up to Brooklyn Nine-Nine finally. And just because I... I didn't have anything else to do. I mean, I plat. You know, Paul was here for like the whole week, so he knows everything I did this week. Because like, I, <laughs> I platinumed the cast, a couple Castlevania games. I platinumed Bloodstained, like I was playing last week. But this week was like, I put my website up, which was the big thing, like getting the website kind of 
rebuilt and put online and that's running and ready to go. I had to put tax code information in for like 500 places and it sucked because I had to do it by <laughs> hand. Uh, but yeah, the big one was Brooklyn Nine-Nine uh, just because like it's the best sitcom on TV right now and I love everybody on it and specifically the two women who are on it, the two lead women because yikes, hot. And then other than that, that's like, man, it's just everything is geeky or I'm sleeping at this point. You know what I mean? Like I'm... <laughs> Drawing Sailor Moon, posting bullshit on Instagram, posting poster websites, playing video games, playing video games with Paul, listening to Paul ramble. Probably the real geekiest thing is listening to Paul's Final Fantasy fourteen rants, where he just goes, <laughs> where he just starts yelling about like his co-players or like They're how the so fucking bad, <laughs> yeah, like how the RNG on the game is garbage or like there's just this this stuff that I'm like interesting. Paul, smile and nod. Because, like, he listens to me ramble about my bullshit, too. <laughs> we just yeah. both smile and nod at each other we at this point. Going back and forth, basically. Yeah. It's like, we yeah. we need we know that we need to get this the, get the venom out. So yeah, you gotta get the, just get the poison out, right? Yeah. So just, like, sit there and listen to while your brother yells about, like, Star, Star Trek. Trek or, specifically or, Star Trek this week, because we're talking yeah. a lot about Picard. And yes. what is and isn't true Star Trek. And then there was a lot of a lot of Paul ranting at me, and a lot of me just sitting there depressed, staring at him. Like, yeah, I agree with everything you're saying, and it makes me sad because this is my franchise, and I love it, and I hate that I hate this. Like, oh, yeah. so that was kind of my, my geeky of the week has just been like, it's just that's what I'm doing now is filling the time with geeky things because <laughs> we have to stay inside to avoid spreading horrible, horrible diseases to each other. So may as well enjoy my time indoors, like by playing Control for the fourth time through or something like that. So why not? which I will probably do this week now. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> encouraging me, so yeah. leading by bad example. Anyway. Very nice. My Geek of the Week has already been... It's been the same Spoiled. thing every Exposed. week. Exposed. Exposed. <laughs> Paul plays more Final Fantasy XIV. You're uh, almost done now, aren't you? Uh. <laughs> I finished the main quest on the Stormblood expansion so i just have to do the patch expansion quests and then i have all of Shadowbringers to do um, which is not fully patched yet so i'm almost caught up which makes me happy because then i can go back and do some of the like less serious more fun quests i i was telling mark earlier this week that there are some storylines in final fantasy 14 that legitimately have made me laugh belly laugh out loud they're hilarious and i was very surprised that these storylines even existed because the main storyline is basically wizard fascists and it's just like constant wizard fascists all trying to do super wizard fascist things with giant dragons and shit it's just like okay so i wanted to go and do some of the side quests that are a little less serious a little bit more fun and i've been able to do that a little bit but once i catch up to the main story i'll be able to really dive into that so final fantasy 14 is my religion my life it is everything he's playing it so much right now like it's <laughs> absolutely crazy how much he's and like all the power to him you've got the time enjoy what you're doing like yeah. he's obviously enjoying it but i i wake up in the middle of the night and come out of my room for whatever and i can hear final fantasy coming out of paul's room i wake up in the morning to go downstairs paul's sitting downstairs in his little cubby hole in the, in the main floor playing final fantasy 14 he's just rocking and rolling in that what, what's the world called i don't know what the world's called Aorzea is yeah so he's just 
bombing around Aorzea, just just rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, just killing shit. You know, he's As having my a good time. Makote cat boy. Of course, who, of course you're. Of course you're furry. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> if straight guys get to have bunny girls and cat girls, and I get to have a cat boy, I just you that's know fine. that's fine. <laughs> it's fine. That was one of those things about well, back in the day. Back in the day, I dabbled with Final Fantasy XI because my brother and a bunch of my friends were playing it. So I went in there and played it. And like the amount of men who would pick Catwoman avatars always <laughs> threw me off for some reason. Hey, I don't know why. If you're going to be staring at someone's behind while they're running through the overworld, it might as well be something that at least is theoretically aesthetically pleasing to you. So watching... Trust me, I just played like 20 hours of control. And the, the jeans on that woman that they make me run around as are very, very form-fitting. And yeah. I enjoyed that. And it's the same as the Tomb Raider games, right? Like, I love those Tomb Raider games. More than I like the Uncharted games, I will go on record as saying. But a lot of the appeal is also Lara Croft is always like, I mean, she's my dream woman. She's a tall, powerful brunette. So, yeah. like, sign me up. And I'll look at her butt while she's running around in those jeans for like 40 hours. And that's why I used glamours on my equipment so that my cat boy can be fully equipped but be wearing a bathing suit at the same time. So there you well, go. That's exciting times. <laughs> that's also exciting. That's what we do. No cosmetic outfits. Yeah. Uh, it's yep. fantastic. Hey, at least they're they're gender balanced. Like some of the armor for women is really dumb. Like that the same male armor and female armor is yeah. very disparate, but they let you tart up the boys just as much as you can tart up the girls. So I'm good to I, go. I don't think that's the right solution to that problem, but okay. <laughs> it's equality. <laughs> but it's also the solution that the franchise equality. we're talking about tonight has taken on as it's tacked all the time also, right? <laughs> yeah. It's true. Star Trek loves doing this, like, oh, yeah, we're going to make this equal. It just makes means we're going to have the dudes with their nipples hanging out and, like, uh, one earring in and, like, Riker's ban- package. Bankinis. In your face, you know what I mean? Like, that kind of stuff. So, at least... At least what we're talking about tonight is also pretty generally equal in terms of just like making everybody look like a giant whore. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, since we're speaking of meat, let's talk about the meat of the episode. Do we have to? Special Android Savior Meat. Mm. So we have decided to review this monkey's paw wish of a series called Star Trek Picard. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, really <laughs> that's good. Really is. That's good. <laughs> I thought of that earlier this week. I'm like, I'm writing that down. That's good. That is good. <laughs> hey, you guys wanted more. Let's just Star end it there. Trek. And that's pretty much the, what all that is said. <laughs> Shit. That's a good top line for this too. Fuck. I got to remember that when I'm writing the uh, description of this episode. <laughs> yes. Well, maybe I should make you write the description this week so you can include that. Hey, it'll give me something to do. Uh, yeah. So, writing 14 words is real challenging. Yep. It, hey, if it's the right 14 words, right? Uh, mm. Hey, isn't f- the 14 word meme like a, a fascist race? D- don't worry about it. It's not. It's not. I, is that is that a thing? Yeah, I don't know. 14, <laughs> is it the 14 word meme? I think I, it's probably. Words. Anyway, probably. Um, so we decided to review Star Trek Picard. So those of you who wished for more Patrick Stewart as Captain Picard, you got your fucking wish. And we're mad about it um, because it's bad. So we're going to talk about it and we're going to talk about mostly how it's just not good and also bad. And we're going to talk about some good things about it, which I do think there are some redeeming qualities about this series. So let's do our top level. What'd you think, Tim? What'd you think? Uh, It had some fantastic elements, 
But the problem for me was it rarely really came together for me. It rarely ever sort of cohered. Um, it was pretty uneven, you know, and both it had great, you know, had some some high highs and it had some low fucking lows. Uh, and so I, I'm, I'm ultimately of generally mixed feelings on it by the end of everything. Yep. Uh, Mark, how about you? I just miss Star Trek. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Period. Like just period is basically where it is. So like it's called Star Trek, which is a franchise that generally speaking, I'm a very big fucking fan of. So like I was going to watch this regardless. But yeah, Tim, Tim kind of hit it right on the fucking head. It's just for every amazing thing that they did, they bored the shit out of me for a bunch of time too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I was like, mm-hmm. well, or they did stuff that was so dumb that we're going to talk about that. I was just like, <laughs> I, I hate being here. Like I hate that they're doing this to my franchise. So. Yeah. And it's, it's Vajazzle, isn't it? Oh, Vajazzle. Uh, no, actually, I mean, that na- <laughs> the naming for that, the only thing that got me about that was just like, why did they hire somebody who's legitimately identical to Marina Sirtis in 1987? And that confused yeah. me, basically. Yeah. But I think we talked about it on the show already. Yeah, it was really weird. But yeah, Top Level was just like, this is, it's fine. I guess this is what Star Trek is now. And it makes me sad. Like, yeah. it just makes me sad. Yeah. So I had similar feelings in that I feel like there were good ideas here, like somewhere, like here and there. I was like, oh, that's compelling. That's interesting. And they buried it in the main storyline, which was the least interesting thing about the entire show. <laughs> yeah. So let's give a, I'm going to give a brief synopsis. So, well, before you go that, Paul, like I share that sentiment absolutely. Like, all the story points were there for what could have been a truly outstanding season of television, but so much of it ended up feeling either unearned or unrealized that yeah. it just never got there. And never. Yeah. Got and that was one of the most like I felt like I was being edged the entire fucking just, was, season. God damn it! I was just going to say this is the ultimate Star Trek edging. <laughs> I was. <laughs> you got you. You just jumped. You, you jumped yeah, on my joke. I got. I got. You got fucking, there first. I got fucking like like. Sick bay uniform blue balls right now. Yep. Yeah. I should. <laughs> I, I need to be attended to by an EMH right now for my blue balls. Is basically where I'm at because they edge the like they're, exactly. they're the color of fucking Doctor Crusher's fucking uniform. Yeah. Yeah. Medical blue. Just yeah. medical blue right now. Deep late <laughs> TNG medical blue. Yeah. Yeah. So not that powder blue that they wore on TOS. You know what I mean? That would be acceptable. We're talking like deep, deep, like painful <laughs> bruised blue. Explode. Yeah. Because they edged the shit out of us for like 10 episodes. Yeah. And then they showed us one Starfleet ship. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, so uh, the plot goeth thusly. <laughs> we have Captain Picard, who is retired from... Admiral, first of all. Admiral, Admiral Picard, Picard, who has retired from Starfleet and is living on in his villa... Making wine, his the ancestral, the ancestral Picard vineyard. Yes, Mm -hmm. and he is feeling some kind of way about the Federation these days after a group of synthetic life forms caused nine hundred million Romulans to die on Mars. Well, no, what happened? What happened is it's never fucking properly explained how those two link to each other. Right. No, they did explain it, and it's terrible. Here, I'm going to explain <sighs> it to you because I please, I paid attention. Please. This is Star Trek, and I love to. I, I was in the subreddits, and I know exactly what happened. <laughs> so the 
the shitty that organization, the Zatvash, that was trying to kill synthetics. The secret, secret Romulan police. The double secret, double, secret. double secret. The secret <laughs> interior Telshiar <laughs> subgroup. Just dumb, dumb. <laughs> So dumb. dumb. The double secret, the double super secret probation Romulan police. Yes. So like it could have just been the Tal Shiar, but they were a subsect of the Tal Shiar <laughs> with an even dumber name. So cool. Fine. They <laughs> caused the synthetics that were at Utopia Planitium fleet yards in Mars to revolt and kill like a couple hundred thousand people, Federation citizens, which caused the evacuation fleet that they were building to evacuate those 900 million Romulans to get oh, missed geez. and die. That is right? that's so that like that is so never really connected. Oh, no, but they they do they say it in dialogue, but that's 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 what happened. So yeah, it's the, and so first of all, they killed their own people because they like they hate synthetics, so they killed the entire Romulan race or like a big chunk of the Romulan race to cause the Federation to stop developing synthetic life. I think is kind of what the plot is. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. No. But that's where we are at the beginning. The Utopia Planitia plant yards on Mars have been destroyed by a synthetic uprising. All synths in the Federation have been banned. Though they never talk about the holograms, which become a big deal in Voyager. So is like the Doctor allowed to be alive still with his little mobile emitter? Because he's well, they, synthetic. They've got fucking holograms on uh, Rios' ship. Exactly. But they're not as autonomous as like what the EMH on Voyager became because True, of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, I guess those are, you can still sentient. control him. Yeah. And he's yeah. active 24 hours and they, they rebuilt his database so that he could be active 24, blah, blah, blah. Right. So I don't know how that works. They didn't talk about that. Fine. It's fine. Fine. It's fine. Right. It's fine. <laughs> so we meet Dodge, who is a synthetic girl, but we don't know that off the bat. We no. find out that, so she is sitting in her apartment and then this Jat Vash group of, idiots decides to attack her and we find out that she's a synthetic life form because she gets quote unquote activated after they kill the one black person on the show yeah official black lamb oh wait no there are a couple more later in like raffi's black part black black, anyway yeah yeah Yeah. but like yeah the first black guy we see gets fucking and also i would just like to point out that they send in a romulan strike like a bunch of romulan assassins who use knives it's twenty three ninety nine or twenty four ninety nine or some shit like that. Do you not have a disruptor? Like just shoot them. It's really dumb because you're leaving corpses behind as opposed to like vapor, basically. Yeah. So okay, cool. That's dumb. Yeah, that was real dumb. So Picard uh, gets tracked down by Dodge because, and then he finds out that this is quote unquote Data's daughter, which is not oh, exactly God. true. Um, no. And uh, he goes to meet Dr. Agnes Gerardi, who is played by yeah. Alison Pill. Um, to because find he's out, looking. Yeah. Because he's looking for why. Well, he ends up trying to find Bruce Maddox, who yeah. was the guy who continued Dr. Soong's work into building Soong type like data SK androids. Yeah. 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 And apparently succeeded by into creating toasters, like into creating Cylons, because now she's part skin human jobs. and part synthetic. Yeah. Skin jobs, basically. Yeah. yeah. And with that, it, it was all developed because of one positron from Data's consciousness. Oh, that's, which... that's not that is so dumb. I don't even want to talk about that. That <laughs> yeah. makes me so irritated. Like, yeah, that is like just. And then they the hedge that shit. even further by saying that, like, oh, we also got some of it from like the what he downloaded into B4's brain, and that makes sense because that was a big database dump he did. Like, we watched him do that in Nemesis, where he dumped his memories into B4's shitty memory banks that don't process properly. Like, so it, that his full credit to them. I'm glad they showed restraint 
in terms of not actually bringing back data, like just having oh, yeah. it back as like a, a simulation. Like it would have been so easy for them just to say like, oh, here's before, before. but here's data now. The yeah. End. Like, which is what they did in the comics, and we all kind of groaned at it, at, like in the fan base too, because they were the the comics that led up to Star Trek 09 had Data having reemerged and taken over that body, which is kind of a weird murder situation, also because he kind of kills his brother to a, take the body it's a over. Vic situation, yeah, kind of. <laughs> and then he's he's captain of Enterprise by the time the the Hobus incident happened. Like that's what they call it in the universe is the Hobus right. star incident. Yeah. So, so the Jatvash kill Dodge. And she blows up. And then we find out from Dr. Agnes Gerardi that they're always built in pairs. And so Dodge has a twin who we meet on a partially destroyed Borg cube that is being run by the Romulans and various other people. There's some, there seems to be Starfleet. Like, Star- yeah, Federation it seems to be people like some there, big yeah. like, joint project. Like Romulans and, and Starfleet are at, you know, have some sort of treaty so that they can work on it together or something. Yeah. Which makes sense post-Nemesis. They were talking yeah. about peace talks at that yeah. point. What yeah. interests me is though, like this giant experiment is happening in pretty open space and there is no Klingons to be seen. You would think somebody from the Empire would be like, <laughs> you have a big board cube you're ripping apart and you guys are collaborating on it. Like maybe can we... Yeah, send a couple a people because yeah. <laughs> like we really don't want the two of you having all this advanced technology yeah and it's always those three powers that are kind or of the any other stuff. race fucking like cardassians fucking ferengi are going to be in there trying to profit off of it yeah or, i would love to see the ferengi. yeah <laughs> anybody yeah, yeah. yeah. So we meet Dodge's sister Sochi who is her identical synthetic twin and she is trying to learn more about the Borg and trying to save the Borg who are being reclaimed in this project mm-hmm. while this Romulan dude is trying to get in her pants Fuck but is also America. part of the Jat Vash. His name's not. But he's not. But he's not. But he's, he's a not. failed member he's of the Jat failed, Vash. His sister member. is a Jat Vash. And, and she's the worst character worst in Star character. Trek history. Yes, she is the worst. Um, yes. The um, dominatrix incest Romulan ninja woman Nerissa is his sister and she's kind of like pulling his strings and telling him what to do while he's trying to manipulate Soji into revealing the home of the synthetics so the Romulans can go and destroy them yeah bye bang he's trying to bang it out of her yeah yeah He's trying to get her fucking so cum drunk that she just admits it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's basically (laughs) starts off our adventure, I guess. I think that lays the groundwork for like, so Picard wants to find Soji. Yeah. And Soji is being manipulated by Narek and Narek and Narissa are trying to find the synthetics to destroy them. And the Borg is very tangentially related, even though it was much more interesting than the main plot. Um, Seven Nine shows up to and is fuck awesome. shit up and is great. We love yeah. Jerry Ryan and we love Seven yes, we of do. Nine. But all of the good things about it get buried in this fucking synthetic plot that nobody cares about. And it's basically just Battlestar Galactica. So, guys. Or, or, or for Christy, Mass Effect 3. Yeah. If you really want to get into it because the Reaper storyline for Mass Effect 3 apparently is like identical to this. It, it, and there's even some footage from it that is like interestingly kind of almost lifted right out of how they did the things in Mass Effect. But we'll talk about that when we get there. So interesting. So, interesting. Yeah. So there's our uh, uh, general synopsis of like what, how things are set up when we kind of get into this show. Yeah. So, we'll, yeah. we'll get into the, the, the way it gets wrapped up 
as we uh, go on. But let's first, let's talk about what we liked about this show. Tim, are there, do you have any positives before we go on to our gripes? <laughs> I definitely do. I, I mean, generally, it the problem is a lot of my fucking like things that i liked are hedged like i generally speaking i think it looks beautiful production work on it was generally great it feels more than 20 years removed from tng yeah uh like it definitely feels like there have been some massive leaps in technology even since like nemesis which is the last time that we saw this world here i'm gonna i'm gonna hedge that one voyager came back with quantum slipstream drive and a whole bunch of cool advanced borg technology from the delta quadrant so that kind of makes sense that the federation would have a little bit of a leap forward with far-reaching technology that had come home with Voyager. So that's how I kind of was like, okay, cool, they can do that. Plus, they just came off a bunch of giant military spendings and stuff like that. Like, the Dominion War happened. So, like, there'd be a lot of fleet buildup and, like, technology moving forward as a giant war just happened. Because that's how it works in real life, too. So I was kind of, like, that stuff, I was like, yeah, all right, fine, cool. Yeah, it wasn't, like, my biggest issue with it by far. Um, The music generally was great. I especially liked how they wove some some of those, like, TNG and Voyager themes in Mm -hmm. at appropriate times to really fucking, like, fucking work that nostalgia knife that they had, like, wedged into our sides the whole time. But the main thing that I really enjoyed with it was I thought the character work from like all of the original TNG cast was fucking great across the board. Seeing them all back in the saddle was great after so many years. Patrick Stewart above all, like he fucking, he killed it, you know, with what, with what he had to work with. And what I loved about it was he brought a vulnerability to this role that was really great and really refreshing compared to sort of invincible, like fucking fighting. Superstark. Yeah, or, or fighting Picard that we saw in like Nemesis the and shit movies, like the that. movies. Yeah, yeah well, because there's there's also there's like there's talk in the fan base about like the difference in Picard between like series Picard and the way he's handled in the movies, where yeah. he's kind of a little bit more like gung ho action, action hero, hero guy. <laughs> yeah. um, he becomes a little bit more Kirk, and I was kind of fine a with less that. Expendables, <laughs> but yeah, but I, I, I even that I was kind of fine with because he had just met Kirk. You know what I mean? So like maybe that had an effect on him where he's like, stay in the captain's chair, you get to keep having the adventures, and he was like, well, yeah, I guess fuck it like i've got this badass new fucking enterprise that i'm bombing around in. i may as well kick as much ass as i can and have some good times while i'm doing it so yeah. i guess fine yeah. but but i mean here like having this sort of brought low picard i fucking loved yep. like seeing you know that he is acknowledging his fallibility he's clearly got ptsd from his time as locutus being assimilated by the borg and with everything that happened with the Romulan evacuation, with Utopia Planitia on Mars and everything, sort of dealing with the consequences of both his in, his actions and his inactions. Yeah. And, like, I, I mean, I fucking love that Picard named his disobedient pit bull, number one. Can we yeah. talk about that for a second? Yep. Uh, and then yep. those the moments that you get between those TNG cast members, like, between, like, Picard and Riker, Picard and Troy, especially... I got choked up when you get that moment where Troy senses that Picard like is terminally ill. Yeah. Like, holy, like that was, that was a really the first good sign. They, they had Marina Sirtis use her powers in like a really good way too. like, yeah. I think franchise wide was one of the best times. Like Marina Sirtis finally got to crush it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. After being like eye candy bridge babe, like for whatever, however the first bunch of years of TNG and then like, then never really knowing what to do with her for the last batch of the years. And she just kind of was there. She finally, I mean, Marina Sirtis is a fucking fierce woman, like super badass, And we love her to death. 
You yeah. should go watch her on YouTube, like doing post Star Trek, just talks with fans. She'll just tell you everything, what she hated, what she loved, all this <laughs> stuff. But her getting to come back and just like crush it, she was so great. It was so great seeing Marina Sirtis and uh, especially like seeing Marina and Jonathan Frakes because you like they're super close yeah. and like their commentary tracks were legendary and stuff like that. So seeing them get to like bond and like do their thing to, again together was that was really nice for me. Yeah. So seeing seeing them, you know, seeing the Imzadis back together again was very Yeah, nice. and married married with kids and of course they had to give them like the tragic like one tragic. of their kids died backstory. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, could you not just give them like just give Riker a fuck? Like throw him a fucking bone, you know what I mean? You made him wait <laughs> 20 years to be captain and then his kid like for fuck's sakes, guys. All right. And then he burnt his fucking pizza on top of that. Like that's almost yeah. worse than losing a kid. Yeah, like <laughs> burning, your, up. burning your bunny corn pizza. Yeah, man. Uh, man. Pizza looked good. Did that pizza not look tasty as fuck, though? Riker makes good pizza. Th- those heirloom tomatoes, man, they, they look, look real super nice. Ripe. Yeah, mm-hmm. so ripe. Super super juicy and ripe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Want to bite right oh, into those. Three guys who've been stuck eating, like, takeout and left, and, like, whatever bullshit they had in their freezers for three weeks, right? They have Riker's pizza's going to look real fucking good right about now. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, what else? In terms of the newer batch of characters, my favorite there was definitely Rafi. Like, she was a pretty yep. good character overall. Yeah. And I especially liked how they introduce her with Picard, like tempting her with a particularly good vintage of wine from his vineyard. And I mean, aside from the fact that he's appears to be enabling an alcoholic uh, in that scene might be a little, a little bit of an issue, but still like she's a, she's a solid character overall. Yeah. I, I was, I was fond. It's like the, the new cast in spe- like particular, I was like, I was split right down the middle with them. Like I, like the two R's Rafi and Rios, I was like a hundred percent on board with those two characters. And then the, the other two, I was like, yeah, Agnes I, and Elnor were both um, <laughs> tough pills to swallow. I, and I felt uh, bad about the Agnes character in particular, because it was like, uh, it's like modern Star Trek doing what it always does. Like they have to have this like cute, but kind of neurotic girl along for the ride who's really, really into everything that's going on, like super excited. It's almost the Tilly character again. Oh, she yeah. was almost yeah. just playing Tilly again. And I was like, I don't, I didn't really like that character on the show we just watched. And I don't, I don't, I didn't need that jammed into my next gen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. and there are some things about it that are worse in this yeah. characterization. Oh, yeah. but, and we'll talk about it because yeah. man, that is a big, yeah, that sticks in my craw a lot. But yeah. I think that in spite of the character herself, being a weirdly written character, Alison Pill still did a good job. Yeah, she's yeah, with she's what she great, was given. Mm, yeah, yes, exactly. Which wasn't but, fucking much, or was was. But then there's fucking Legolas. You know what I mean? Like that one. <laughs> we'll get there. We're still. I'm never. We're still on the I'm positives never, here, Mark. I'm never getting that CBS contract. You know, <laughs> like I'm just never getting it. Yeah. What else did I like? It was not, like as Mark said, it was great having Annika seven and nine back. Like she oh, was, God. she was fucking fantastic. I could have done without having Hugh back, honestly. I actually I liked that he was there because it tied all that Borg stuff together. If they yeah. this had been more focused on the Borg as opposed to them just being window dressing for like, look how TNG this is. We even brought that Borg back. That's the only reason they're there mm. was for that trailer shot of the cube. I think I didn't. I liked Hugh being there. I thought he felt the most old trek to me out of everybody on the show you know what i mean i like found his still- acting just really like wooden even for a borg or an yeah. sb okay kind of that's fair <laughs> but I, I i i had no problem with that because like some of the other like the narisa acting was so like arch yeah. tos romulan that i was like what a-? there's a lot of weird tonal decisions that they made that were very strange in some spots and a lot of the acting i think 
had that to us. Like we're like, mm-hmm. we want her to be like an old school Romulan. So she's doing arch sixties TOS villain. And, and then, and Elnor who is just um, Legolas, Legolas, <laughs> but without a, a verbal filter and they're trying to he he get, comes off as really cutesy even though he's chopping people's heads off. No, we're yeah, still we're still do, looking yeah, at good stuff. Good, good positives. Good, good positives. Okay. Star Trek with f bombs took a little bit to sort of get used to, like having the Constant vice admiral F-bombs. tell yeah tell Picard like you know that his his plan was pure fucking hubris and then or hubris and then later telling him to shut the fuck up. Like, I, but I that was like also that pretty entertaining. Yeah, like, yeah, I kind of like, like that. Because he definitely, like, Picard definitely has that ego and id to his yeah. character. Like, what was the one line where they said, what, what isn't ego and, you know, what, what isn't ego and his uh, personality is rampaging id? And he yeah. looks over at Rafi and, like, basically is just like, yeah, she's, she's, she's right. right. Mostly, yeah, she's pretty right, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, get watching, hit, like, Picard get fucking smacked the fuck down for basically insubordination was, was pretty entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of those missed opportunity moments where, like, I would have loved to have had had like Admiral Janeway be the one to like, oh yeah, you know what I mean, something like that. Yeah, I just that just felt like a missed opportunity, or even bring back like poor old Walter Koenig and just make him, you know what I mean, head of Starfleet. Yeah, ancient old Chekhov tells Captain Picard, (laughs) because who else in the world could you really accept telling Captain Picard to shut the fuck up? Takay. To, if it's yeah, if it's Takei or Walter Koenig, at least then you're like, yeah, yeah they were on the bridge of the OG Enterprise. They yeah. can tell Captain Picard anything they fucking want. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, like they worked with Kirk. You're allowed to say whatever the fuck you want to the fucking new kids, even if they're not obviously super new kids anymore. <laughs> yeah, and then like the the other thing that I can say, like I I was pretty happy with the finale overall. You know, I wasn't necessarily thrilled with how we got there, but yeah. like it closed off pretty well i have some issues which i'll get to later about like the fucking pretty little bow everything was wrapped up in but like the throwback to the picard maneuver getting fucking Riker back in that captain's chair like sassing all over the fucking bridge Uh, so nice so cathartic the Riker slouch like the cocky Riker slouch he was doing i was like oh yeah back issues right yeah oh yeah at this point yeah he's 20 years (laughs) removed from even worse back issues but what i love about jonathan frakes Aside from just loving Jonathan Frakes, period, is that like he's a big man like me who has back problems, and like I'm watching him age through them, and I'm like, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm going to go through in a couple years, where he's just super slouched to the one side, and I'm like, that's yeah. because his back's fucked. I know that pain. <laughs> I'm going to be there in a couple years. Yes. <laughs> You're not going to be straddling chairs any longer. No, you, you do that to ease the back, the back pain. <laughs> that's the whole point of doing that. Is it makes it easier to sit because you, you're not bending into the chair. You're sitting down on the chair. Yeah. Trust me. I've done the research. I can do this. I can do the Riker maneuver just as well as Riker can. <laughs> Paul, Paul's watched me do it. Yeah, so it's yeah. True. Yeah. So uh, Mark, do you have any uh, positives to add? I liked the expansion of the world a lot. Like where you get to kind of see start like the, the outside of Starfleet world, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Like we get to see, uh, spend a lot of time on earth. Cause we don't know. You never really get to spend a ton of time on 24th, 25th century earth. So seeing how like society was working on earth was kind of cool. What else did I like? Uh, <laughs> there's stuff I like that's just because it was Star Trek stuff that I was enjoying. Um, I really like I said, like we talked about performances. It was really cool, even just going into the archive and like seeing the Sovereign hanging on the wall and shit like that was enough for me yeah. to kind of get a little, you know, 
nostalgia boner. The Picard Day banner and like all those little bits like fucking Worf Spotleth and everything that they had in that archive. Yeah. That was that was all like a nice little nostalgia bomb. Which I'm just wondering like how did they save all that stuff when like the Enterprise crashed hard and burned, you know what I mean? Like all that <laughs> stuff was on the Galaxy class ship and it like that ship was fucking obliterated. So I mean Maybe it's a saucer replicas. Still there. They could be replicas. Probably, yeah. Quantum replicas, but, like that painting apparently, which was that was kinda cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like and like that like some of the world building stuff was interesting, like moving Starfleet into the twenty fifth century and like kind of hinting at some of the stuff that was like written out but was part of the Star Trek online continuity has been kind of adapted across and like that stuff was I was enjoying the expanded universe stuff kind of the way like Star Wars has been expanded and part of the canon has been cut off and legacied and like they're rebuilding it based on that stuff they're doing that to Star Trek now with this like some of the novel verse stuff has come over and what else did I like like again it was just performances and seeing my my crew back and stuff like that was kind of like what this show was hinging itself on mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Which I enjoyed, obviously. Like Patrick Stewart, just seeing Patrick Stewart playing Captain Picard was enough to get me through ten episodes, mainly. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was kind of okay. you know, yeah, and like, yeah, like we talked about like Jerry Ryan coming back. Like I always liked the idea. I always had like, in my head the idea of her and Picard working together because of that board connection, and I like that we finally got there. I wish we'd seen more of it. Really, like I wish she was on the crew. Really, like really had joined up and was on that bridge as opposed to the Legolas because he doesn't seem to serve a point to anything. That's a great. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great. Sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. Did that character really got under my skin for some reason. Yeah, like it kind of bugged me. He doesn't like, belong on that show. We're, we'll talk about no. it. We'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I really liked. Not. I mean. <sighs> Like it wasn't fan servicey enough to for me to get annoyed by the fan service, yeah, but it also I, wasn't fan servicey enough for me to be completely satisfied by it either. Like I feel like I could have used more. They only half bought into the fan service. Yeah, like I don't know. So like I'm I'm really torn on this show because it was one. It's like the show that I really wanted to like, and I just feel just disappointed overall by, and it's, it bums me out more than anything else. Yeah, I I felt that the the fan service didn't get too precious, which I really appreciated. Yeah, they actually gave Marina Sirtis and Jonathan Frake some actual dramatic stuff heft to do, yeah. and, some and, yeah. and moved and moved along the plot in a good way to offer some good characterization without it just lingering on the past too much. Like they got good character moments. I really enjoyed that. I want more Marina Sirtis in my life. Just she's great. Next year's Orville, she's supposed to have a role in too. So. Nice. Oh, and I should say that going along with that, I was happy that they gave Data a proper send-off rather yes. than fucking Nemesis, which was just a shit show overall. So that was probably the part that I got sort of the most choked up by was like Data finally getting like his program or simulation or whatever deactivated. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that was kind of emotional for me. And uh, the version of Blue Skies, well, for starters, Blue Skies is what he sings at, uh, at Riker's wedding, wedding, wedding yeah. Yeah. Uh, in Nemesis. But the version of uh, Blue Skies that's playing as he gets turned off is the actress that plays Dodge and Soji is singing yeah. it. Yeah. Issa Briones. So that was a nice little, you know, it's the sort of thing you never would have known unless you actually, like I saw an article on io9 that, that called it out, which was great. Yeah. So it was yeah. a nice, nice little touch having his quote unquote daughter give him his send off. Yeah. In terms of positives, as much as I strongly, strongly disliked the storyline between Soji, Narek, and Narissa, I think Issa Briones did a really good job. Um, I think that Soji and Dodge as characters are, well, 
we we they're talked fine. about it like, being they're, they're pretty dimensional characters. Yeah, I think that she did a uh, she did a good job with what she was given as well. So I wanted to give yeah. a shout out to her because I think in spite of the fact that she was being you know sexually and emotionally manipulated by a guy who was kind of gross from the get-go and they're trying to sell me on being hot i'm like no siree no No. not that romulan no sir (laughs) um but uh it's the teeth man anyway what the the romulan bad boy with his beatles shaggy haircut he just he looked like he was one of the cast-offs that didn't get cast as spock when they cast spock on discovery last year you know what i mean <laughs> we like you but we're gonna put you over here on this pile. yeah you're yeah. a romulan you're a romulan yeah. not a yeah. vulcan yeah. yeah you're not a you spock have, you don't you have big romulan energy yeah, and you don't you don't get that you don't get to have, have the dignity of playing like the greatest character we've ever created. <laughs> Basically, yeah, no you get to play like the worst character on this yeah, other show. Yeah, this guy that's not even good enough to be like a fucking asshole spy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, since we're on this vein uh, to begin with, unleash the fury, guys! It's gripe time because mm-hmm. I've got a lot, and uh, uh, let's just go, Tim, Mark, whoever, go attack <laughs> because we need to <laughs> so get the my, my big yeah. thing is i just felt like they were trying to build way too much lore into this show in much too short of a time to the extent that it felt really forced especially with like romulan culture in particular like i get what they were trying to do make romulans less like 1d like a little bit more fleshed out and be like they're not all evil fucking spies or whatever except everybody on the show that is a romulan is an evil fucking spy or something no, you know not, I mean? not the one not the ones on the, like the refugee colony yeah oh no the battle nuns excuse me the battle nuns with no filter yeah. And- yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then exactly but then they you know i get what they're trying to do but then they just randomly come in and say oh yeah by the way some romulans are space ninjas and people are just like, oh, yeah, I'm good with that. That's cool. That, that's fine. Oh, by the way, they also have vaguely New Zealand accents. Fuck you. Yeah. The the character of Elnor is just... Can we just call him Legolas? Because like, that's what he is. Like, no, like, he's, space, he's emotionless space, space ninja. Space Legolas is what he is. <laughs> so <laughs> fucking infuriating. It's so... It's just... He's so out of place in a yeah. show that has a lot of weirdness to it already. And he just feels like he's in a completely fucking different show. And they Yeah, he's sh- the square peg in this whole thing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he doesn't I understand what that character is supposed to be because it's like the naive character that says uncomfortable things so that we can move character development on without actually doing character <laughs> development. It's lazy <laughs> writing. And mm-hmm. it's not just lazy writing, it's also fun fucking cringy as shit like watching him flip around and chop people's heads off for no particular reason why does he use a sword we were talking about this before but why does he use a sword in the 24th almost 25th century yeah Yeah, they flipped the the date there so there's so much why in regards to elnor that i just yeah and no shade to the actor. Like, the actor isn't very good, but, like, he's it, that, there's no writing to they help bolster that at all. They give yeah. him nothing. And he, they give him less than nothing. They give him a one of those characters that you're just bound to hate. Like, Dawn from Buffy or, you know, one of the, like, the Scrappy. He's the, the Scrappy dude. Like, <laughs> nobody nobody's gonna like this character. And they just... Oh, they gave him, like, a mom-son thing with uh, Annika, kind of, which was felt never really felt 
earned well, like, or, at yeah. all. Her, her or Rafi, <laughs> depending on like Rafi kind of seems to like she's going to take him under her wing when the very yeah. strange decision to kill Captain Picard happens at the end of the series, which um, don't worry, guys, it doesn't last. Yeah, so, no, we already knew season two was coming. So, well, that like, fuck, I was going to hold off on that, but that was I didn't like it. I, I like as when as as he's dying, I'm thinking like they've already renewed this for a second fucking season. Like yeah. he's coming back. They've art like as soon as they show him die, I'm thinking, all right, they're gonna download his engrams into a synthetic body because they already fucking teased that with Doctor Soon. And fucking like two minutes later, that's what we fucking got. Yeah. I was praying the entire time that sequence was happening that we were gonna hear like, oh, so you died again, Mon Capitan, and like the snap or something like that. Like Q was gonna be there because that was no, the only thing that was gonna re- that, yeah. that would have redeemed it for me. You know what I mean? Like he dies yeah. and. Q says like you don't get to die yet you know what I mean like that's yeah. the tease for next season is like we I still have shit you need to do so like get back to work no but that, that would mean so that they good. had a good idea and that they were thinking things through Mark and we can't have that the worst part <laughs> is every fan on the fucking planet that's on Reddit has said exactly the same thing like what like I was expecting Q to show up right there because yeah. there's 15 minutes of the episode left at that point yeah. so it's like oh we're gonna do it something else cool here comes Q and like that whole scene I was kept waiting for like he like when the light came on behind him the door opened I was like oh shit we're doing tapestry yeah, yeah let's do it boys like let's do it nope yeah. they never pulled the trigger I was like god damn it and like I did love that final exchange between Data and Picard like it was nice it was cathartic oh, yeah. but then bringing Picard back so quickly just fucking entirely cheapens that sacrifice yeah like, and the other problem with that conversation is that like, I had to go back and rewatch it because the entire time I was sitting there waiting for Q to show up so I wasn't really paying attention to what was happening I was like are they doing this instead of doing the smart thing which is bring Q in and set up season two if they're going to do three seasons of this <sighs> Yeah. No. All right. <laughs> and but th- that whole conversation was just Picard. Did you love me? What is this feeling we call love? And then it's just like I was. Uh, I was. Who cares? Yeah. Was <laughs> that's that's kind of data. But like at the same time, I was like, now now Tim, this is one of those like Paul and I have been kind of talking about this, and I'm like, do you do you feel like Picard and Data were that close? Yeah, like based absolutely. on the show Picard, and stuff. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Like Picard was the was the, really the one that pushed Data to sort of explore his human side more and everything. I, I think <laughs> everybody you know, kind of did one, that, but so. he was the one that specifically like wasn't he wasn't he the one that specifically like gave him permission to activate his emotion chip and shit and he just you know? did that with Jordy in Generations. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. who I was missing for the, any this Data thing where Picard is just like. Yeah, obsessed with data. I was waiting for like where's Jordy LaForge because yeah, he, yeah, he and yeah. Data. If Data was going to be they such were his an, best friends, yeah. yeah. If he was going to be such, a, Data was going to be such an important part of the story. Was waiting for Jordy LaForge to show up because I knew that they had been. I'm not as deep of a Star Trek fan, not nearly as Mark, and I haven't watched the Next Generation uh, since it was. I was watching it in reruns on the Space Network in, in Canada, like a decade ago but the things that stick out to me for data's particular situation always seem to revolve around jordy sometimes Riker, yeah. uh maybe deanna yeah every once in a while because she she's all about emotions and he would talk to her about that i and i loved that their relationship was always one of the more interesting ones on that ship yeah. or on that show was, Troy, uh, Troy, Troy, and, and Troy whose like entire life revolves around emotion and emotion. emotional support yeah. and all this stuff dealing with a, a character who 
has no emotions really. Like I found that interaction very interesting. And yeah, like, yeah, the fact that we're, we're going to do this, like data finally gets put to rest stuff. And like his best friend was Jordy. Like his best friend was Jordy from like season one or like season two, basically like they become very close very quickly and to not have him there when this stuff gets paid off, not have all seven of them there when data basically gets like laid to rest is kind of a weird bummer to me. You know what I mean? Just yeah. so. Yeah. But then the going back to Picard dying, and fucking immediately coming back like for me i immediately thought like all right at least with spock like everybody legit thought that he was fucking dead after wrath of khan yep and it took a whole fucking movie to bring him back not 60 seconds kind of thing yeah yeah so yeah yeah i feel like there's there are so many big emotional moments that get jettisoned for no particular reason or that get undercut by other parts of the story. My particular uh, frustration was, first of all, that the synthetic storyline I had no interest in. Like, comparatively speaking, if they had turned this into a season where it was about the Borg reclamation project in general and how that could have led to a, a mass extinction, at least we would get more seven of nine out of it. And that cool moment where she takes over the Borg cube and the Romulans jettison all of the living, still living Borg into space could have been the climax of the season. That was fucking incredible. That was a powerful moment, even, even as it stood, but But it it was was undercut by the fact that we're supposed to care more about the synthetic storyline for some reason, because they haven't really, the basis of us caring about the synthetic storyline was caring about Soji, Narek and Narissa, who are two of the most annoying characters. <laughs> I can't deal. Yeah. I, well, like I said, I, I think, I think they, this goes back. Like, I just think that they were trying to pack in way too much. And so it ended up feeling like there was very little momentum throughout the season to me because we kept getting shunted into these different storylines. And so there was no, not really any clear objective until we get to like maybe halfway through episode eight. And, Soji is like, I got to get back home and shit like that. And so like, it was just the whole season. It felt like there was a fucking moving target that you just could not fucking pin down. And then by the time it was pinned down, I was like, that's not the target I wanted to pin down. Right. And I was, they were breathlessly moving from plot point to plot point that you've very, got very few of those good character moments. We got some good character bridge moments between like Rios and Agnes and Rios and Rafi had some good character moments on the bridge of the ship or in their quarters and things like that. And I really enjoyed those moments, but they were so few and far between because we were, we had to chase the MacGuffin or whatever which was Soji the entire time. It was just so frustrating to watch and it never cohered into anything that I eventually cared about because I was really bored through even the action sequences by the end. I was just like, yeah. I, I'm what not invested. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> and, it's, and I'm fine with like the stayed conversational conflict resolution of Star Trek. I like that. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things that, but they did it so poorly in this that I was just kind of like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, I have a couple things to say on that. So one, in terms of it just being overstuffed and not really going anywhere, like it felt to me like the creative team was just in there thinking like, man, it's been so long since we got to play with all these characters. I have so many good ideas for them, but you know, it's probably too much to put in one season. And then 
everyone just said, fuck it, let's just fucking put it all in there and let it sort itself out. Instead of like, I don't feel like there was anybody in that writer's room that was trying to restrain them in any way, shape or form and say like, uh, you might want to like leave some of that for like a potentially second or third season or whatever. No, because next season we get to deal with the Klingons. They're going to bring Morphin next year. Yeah. I mean, it it all felt so rushed anyway. (laughs) Like, there was so much to do. That final scene where they were battling with the copy paste Starfleet (laughs) indicates to me that the production team didn't have a lot of time or didn't care enough. Either one makes me feel like the show was pretty rushed. And they wanted to get some seasons out while Patrick Stewart was still willing to do it and able to do it. And that frustrates me because there was potential here that they squandered to rush out a product that didn't have a real aim to begin with. Besides, let's get Picard back. Yeah, this is a real like nostalgia blast, right? Like this is like we want to have Picard come back. And this is like their last big like this is the last big splashy thing they can do. They've had a new series, like a new Star Trek series. Uh, they've brought an old character back and done a sequel series. The only thing they can do now is reboot one of the shows, and it's like they're going to reboot TOS. I guarantee it. Like that's the next big dumb thing they do is reboot TOS. I'm going to cut the where I said dumb out because I don't think it's necessarily that dumb. But like the next <laughs> thing they do is probably reboot TOS. Kind of. I don't know. Like I had so many issues when I was watching this show because I was just like, it doesn't feel particularly star trekky anymore and man which plot point do you hate the most because i have a list of things my one of the ones that i think my big problem is like they didn't they should have tied the borg and synthetic storylines together more tightly and i they they by ignoring lore they Gave them like which would have given them an excuse to tie the Borg and the Sung androids together a little bit more tightly because you'd be going back to Descent also as well as just like the general Borg stuff. And Laura, um, we're and talking about Data's brother in this. Data's game. brother, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, we have who, to who was, who worked, who worked with the Borg in the TNG and yeah. yeah in TNG times. Yeah, uh, at one point, yeah, in season six, I think the, yeah. the cliffhanger between six and seven was uh, Descent, which was Laura and a cadre of. Friedborg and that like that to me and I know he's probably dissembled and like whatever he's maybe he died on the Enterprise who knows I don't know what happened to him but like that to me felt like they could have tied that the Borg and the synthetic thing together and then you maybe the end of the season is completely different in my head because those things get tied together and it becomes more of a Star Trek-y kind of story as opposed to we have to go to random hippie colony number two where everybody's got their you know banana hammocks on and yeah <laughs> whatever they're dressed like the extras to Jesus Christ Superstar yeah, basically, and we're gonna talk a lot, and then we're gonna have another, and then again they bring that Soon guy in, like Nuni and Soon's son. Uh, I think it's Eric Soon or something like that. And I was like, that should have just been lore, man. Like that would have been such a better payoff if, like, he walks out and it's Data and Picard gasps and he, it's lore, like sneers at him and it's like, oh, you wish yeah. I was Data. Yeah, <laughs> you piece, of, you old piece of shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, been, it, it, you motherfucker or something? Because apparently, yeah, everybody, yeah. Because at this point, everybody fucking has to swear at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they did it in Discovery. Like, I'm not expecting like them to go back to like that classic style of Star Trek. That was a broadcast TV standard thing, right? Like, and you just kind of get used to it. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I, like, I could have seen. I definitely. There's definitely scenes in Deep Space Nine or Voyager where I could have seen somebody dropping an f bomb, and it would have been appropriate. But it's just the oh, way yeah. TV was back then. They wouldn't have never have done it on TNG. TNG was not that show. Yeah. 
Which I think is part but of the reason why some people are. Sure. I could see. Oh yeah, deep space. Like yeah. Yeah. yeah, even Voyager. You know, like there's like Year of Hell stuff where they could have done oh, like yeah. when you're dealing with the Borg. Like yeah, I'd be like fuck, fuck, fuck. We're being swarmed. Like what are we gonna do? Yeah, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. So either way. But I just think, I think like overall, I would have been a lot happier if they tied those two plots. Just because the Borg felt very superfluous to everything. It was like, we're going to have the Borg in here because it's going to look good in the trailer and people are going to get stoked to see the Borg. Because common, like, yeah. Trekkies don't care, but like the people who are like casual Trekkies are going to see the Borg and be like, oh, cool, the Borg. I know the Borg. You know what right. I mean? It's all, this show is all about showing people stuff they knew about, right? Like, what do you know at the top level about Next Generation? The Borg, Captain Picard, Romulus. Data, Romulans. Probably Klingons, but like we're not going to touch the Klingons right away because we have a whole other season planned to deal with Worf next well, year. Because uh, Discovery also just did that not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. And that's going to be confusing seeing like traditional like TNG Klingons. Yeah. After having spent two years with like that that version of the Klingons, we're yeah. Klingons. Yeah. Yeah. The problem that I have again is that you're like tying those two things together is great, but the Borg stuff was the most compelling stuff. And you said that it was superfluous and I agree, but it was like, that was just the whole, it didn't need to be the whole Borg reclamation project was such a cool concept to me. And I wanted to really follow that along, especially when we got to see the black market side with the there's a character Ugh. named Bajazel. She runs the black market for Borg parts that they've extracted from people without anesthetic and still living. Um, because I guess you got to get them fresh. Voyager fans, you poor Icheb just getting his eyeball ripped out. Like yeah. with no, that was rough. Like that yeah, was a rough. Yeah. That but was that, a rough go. Like that whole episode in in the end of things, like with, with the storyline we did get, that whole episode was totally fucking like derailing superfluous yeah like, we didn't need that whole fucking free cloud thing which is no. ridiculous to have a season this overstuffed with storylines and then they're like we're gonna do this cute like cantina like star wars cantina style thing but we're gonna stretch it into a whole fucking episode and make some like convoluted out of place heist and all these stupid ridiculous like it was like they, they saw the fucking like worst scene in last jedi on uh on fuck I can't even remember what that planet was The called casino now. planet. The, the casino, casino planet. planet. Yeah, and they, yeah, Canto Bite. And they thought, yeah, let's do that. But let's do the Star Trek version and make a whole fucking 45-minute episode out of yeah. it. How would, and we'll throw a character that. called Vajazzle in there just for fun. Yeah. And she looks exactly like TNG-era fucking Troy. Weird. Which is really confusing when she turns around. Because I was like, wait, Marina Suris, did they de-age her? What's going on? Yeah. But they wouldn't be able to make the that really great pop-up joke where everyone got things popped up, literally popped up at them. Mm-hmm. It was the most fucking boomer joke I've ever seen in my entire life. And it was just like watching... I'm like, Allison- how dangerous is it to have bridge monitors accessible to pop-ups? Yeah. Like, you're navigating a starship <laughs> a, you like, know what i mean huge, like hundreds of tons fucking starship powered by a matter anti-matter reactor you know what i mean like if it blows <laughs> up it could wipe the fucking like atmosphere off your planet from like yeah. half a light year away yep. but no no, no 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 you definitely want to have ad block installed on that fucking yeah thing. <laughs> that thing needs a U block origin install on it like crazy you know what i mean get your shit together guys but you know that there were two guys in the fucking writer's room high-fiving oh. each other over how fucking clever they thought that gag was and having yeah, exactly. allison pill do the rock'em sock'em robot thing to you have to close it by physically punching it it oh yeah, the couple uh, 50 year old guys are like, hey guys, you know how sometimes like you get all those ads on your computer and you can't make them go away? And yeah, all, like, do, all like, the do 20 Akiva Goldsman. Like, yeah, all the 20 and 30 somethings are like, 
No, because we fucking understand technology and we don't visit fucking buggy sites that fucking load our that load our computers up with fucking malware. Yeah. It's like no Akiva Goldsman, we get our porn from like reputable sources. We don't just click random shit, you idiot. Uh, how did you how hey. are you still working after Batman and Robin, by the way? How is he gonna find hot singles in his area if he doesn't click those ads, Mark? <laughs> like, come on. He needs to go to pornhubs.com with a Z to yeah. get all. <laughs> yeah. Pornhubs.org. <laughs> dot biz. It's definitely, it's definitely a dot biz. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, God. Yeah. Speaking of bad things that I wanted to get rid of in oh, this. Before, before we move any further, I just want to like, that episode we're talking about was also the episode where they canonized uh, 709's bisexuality, which to me means canonically that Chakotay is so boring that he drove her to women, <laughs> which is kind of awesome, really. So. We, love, we love a bisexual moment caused by... Fucking Chakotay, basically. Love this. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of lovers that have been thrown away where's the yeah where's gates where's gates guys yeah where's dr crusher yeah where's dr crusher but i was thinking more along <laughs> the lines of okay so one of the most frustrating plot points in this series so far for me was dr gerardi murdering her lover slash mentor and the, the for the rest of the season everyone giving kind of a collective shrug and not really caring about it at all like they there's a couple moments where they're like oh shame on you but you still have free reign to do whatever you want i just don't like they they still trust this woman she fucking murdered her (laughs) lover in cold blood for no reason basically we find out that it's not really for any reason she has a vision and she thinks that he's going to make it happen somehow but we know that that's not true and then we never come back to this moment she's never like well i guess i didn't have to kill my lover slash mentor but she did yeah (laughs) in a fucking like really horrible like letting him choke to death like die of his injuries moment and it's and then it's never it's brought up like twice more but nothing comes of it at all and it's just (laughs) for me it was just so indicative of the the level of how much they cared about the writing on this show and that and that's kind of the thing too because like you know in like old trek they would have like they would have like unwound the drama of that situation like she had she killed the guy and like now she's got to kind of make up for it like the guys who wrote tng or deep space nine or voyager would have like made them feel that for the whole year and had to redeem themselves over it. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff would have happened. Yeah. Whereas now we're just like, Oh no, it's cool. You killed them. We just got to move on. You know what I mean? Like we just got to move on because we don't have time to deal with actual plot stuff. Yeah. Like we gotta, we gotta show the next, we gotta get to the next cameo. We gotta get to the next, like, we're going to show you the Borg again, guys. Woo, yeah. Borg. As a result of that though, I never understood how I was supposed to feel about this character. Was I supposed to, I, didn't trust her and strongly disliked her after that. But everyone mm-hmm. else seemed very gung ho about having her on the team. And if I were on the same ship as her, I'd be fucking terrified. It I seems would... like there was a sh- like a scene that was cut out where like we learned that Maddox is actually like a cold blooded killer or like a sexual abuser or something like that. So everybody's like, oh, I can get why you killed him now. So you're good. But by the end of the season, they're looking back fondly on what a great guy he was. And Brent Spiner as Dr. Sung Jr. is all like, shame on you. Oh, but yeah. okay, let's create a golem together. 
Uh, yes, <laughs> but like Doctor Soong Junior, who also you know has a tool that kills his little uh, synthetic friends on a dime, and nobody says anything about it either, which is interesting to me. He had like an off switch for those androids, right? Because yeah. he just killed the other uh, Soji no, clone. Su- Sutra. Shut her I don't know that he killed her. He shut her down. Like he, I think it was just like a taser or something like that, and he just like shut her down because she still. was fucking going crazy and trying yeah. to kill everybody. He could have shut down that whole situation by just showing the video of uh, the one girl getting stabbed in the eye by her, and they yeah. didn't do that. They just continued on with the Soji doing the fucking Jenga puzzle that went on for 25 fucking minutes while she's like, build, which the, the beacon, so they're summoning a beacon to summon the synthetic life forms that are going to wipe out all organic life forms. Control. I was, it was it was just control yeah, again. Just control it was, again. And like the yeah. special effect they used was the oh, fucking the tendrils from control. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and but so, the the tentacles coming out of the wormhole thing. I was like, are those the fucking tentacles from the probe, like the control probe in Discovery season two? And I haven't gone back to look, but I'm I'm going to bet they're pretty fucking close. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And so this beacon, which was being built automatically by itself, for some reason needed her intervention with this finger block puzzle that she was creating while everyone was just standing around watching her do it. Ex- it was an awesome callback to the Naked Now on Star Trek TNG, where they had Data oh, do yeah, exactly like, the same thing with yeah. the isolinear chips while everybody was drunk and standing around watching him. I was, yeah, I was remember I was watching her do that. I'm like, is this them doing a riff on that? And if so, why? why? And why? you know what I mean. If you're either if you're gonna do that, either point it out super clearly so people get it, or just don't i guess yeah in the same scene however we get rios pulling out a shiny black soccer ball which turns out to be a detonator of some kind which again goes nowhere because soji just throws it in the air and blows up and nothing happens but the just the visual of rios pulling out that fucking soccer ball made me roll my eyes so bad i think i saw my (laughs) spinal column like i fucking i don't know man like i I had no problem with that cisco had a baseball on his desk for Eight years, seven years, or but something like that. But did he use so. it to save the day or try to save the day? He used it to send a message to Ducat a couple times, yeah. But I mean, like he never actually like he never loaded a bomb in it and smuggled a bomb with it because and it so, was always it was symbolic because it was old go. Star Trek where they used to write with real writing rules as opposed to <laughs> modern TV tropes. You know what I mean? So it, it was it was strong levels of dumb. I could not yeah. handle with all that Gerardi stuff. You know them just like fucking basically forgiving her like that was the tip of the iceberg of me having like big issues with everything just fucking like wrapping up way too neatly at the end like Uh a nice little fucking perfect bow on it like no one of consequence dies like the only person that dies is someone who we already fucking thought was dead which is data gerardi ends up with rios gerardi fucking like they apparently just forgot that they were going to take her to deep space 12 to fucking have her like face consequences for murdering Maddox. Rafi and seven of nine seem to end up together, which is like out of fucking nowhere, like left field. There's like, Oh, by the way, these two are a couple now because everybody has to have a fucking happy ending here for some reason, because star Trek, I guess and- I, that was, it was very much like the, it, it felt like they were, were tying up this bow in a TNG episode esque way. But yeah. because of how ham-handedly it was done, it was it felt more like a Voyager wrap-up where we're just going to smash the reset <laughs> button, get everybody to happy place, and the next season we're just going to be like, they're just bombing around the galaxy being Firefly now, guys. Like, it's just Firefly now. They're on their <laughs> little ragtag ship, and they're bombing around doing shit. We're yeah. doing Firefly with Captain Picard this time. I was like, oh, I don't want Firefly with Captain Picard. I want 
can I just have my Captain Pike show now, guys? And can somebody else write it? Like, no, you're right. It, it totally felt like a like low stakes TNG episode sum yep. up kind of thing where like right to the fact where like I could see that little like flute riff that they would play at the end of those episodes. Yeah. As they go away, the ship just not not even that like 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 the little like cutesy like there's a little closing joke or oh, something yeah, like that yeah, yeah. that they play that little flute riff over kind of yep. thing and every you know somebody gives like a little knowing look over their shoulder and then yep. cut to the ship going into warp and you can not even go to, no because with those those ones where they wouldn't go into impulse. warp the ship would just yeah. cruise away at impulse yeah. slowly <laughs> yeah. and just let you live with that bad 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 dad joke they probably just <laughs> told you you know what I mean yeah. yeah you loved it because it was just like oh that's a moment on the ship. One of many moments on the ship where you're just hanging out with the crew, which you never get in modern Trek ever anymore. Which is a damn shame because there were, there was a lot of potential with this crew of like more stuff. Like I really, especially I have mixed feelings about the melange of fucking projections of Rios, like the very, I think he's a good actor and I think he pulls off a, a lot of the different personas of like so rios has five different holograms yeah he's a uk actor but born in south america and he does five different accents for five different yeah he's got like a scottish and irish and english at least they made the engineer the scottish accented one like that was like like, at at that point i was like i'm fine with this dumb riff because like the (laughs) the the milk toast guy who's trying to be like the host one i'm like that guy's canadian clearly and then like the scottish guy's the the aggrieved engineer i was like i mean the other ones are dumb but finally they got they got a scotty riff so i'm cool or it's like a scotty slash o'brien riff like you always got to have that like uk guy with accent being the engineer who's super fucking put upon and i'm like that's fine with me cool yeah my favorite one was definitely mr hospitality out of the bunch (laughs) yeah you like the canadian guy yeah i like the canadian guy but he was uh yeah because he was smarmy and undercutting while you know super accommodating all at the same time yeah very good yeah he was a canadian guy (laughs) it was great so like there were just potential moments where they just could have had a little bit more fun together or just do the crew bonding thing that star trek does like that's like all the original shows and that's why people love them and i think this is what is so lost in these shows now the poker games art shows and shit 3d chess yeah 10 forward what do you call it uh not even 10 going to quarks you know what i mean playing dabo doing hollow sweet stuff holodeck stuff on voyager the movie nights on the on the nx enterprise you know what i mean that kind of stuff whatever kirk and spock and mccoy did for fun which was probably fucking drink i don't know what they did on that shit aliens together yeah Yeah. i guess like they fucking eiffel tower you know what i mean good times mccoy (laughs) and spock just or mccoy and kirk just out there nailing alien chick good times you know no but we couldn't do that we had to shove in more plot more plot there had to be more plot we had to spend half the episode with fucking soji and narek because we had to because i like hated hated those two romulans like the brother sister duo were like they were the like just off like seven sparta kicking her off the edge of the borg into the borg cube like chasm i was like Thank fucking God. Yeah. And I hope she didn't quick beam away or something stupid as she fell. I hope she just oh, fell. She totally and died. did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You but didn't see her die, so she's still alive. Yeah, yeah, I was I was only satisfied because it finally shut her the fuck up. It wasn't because like, oh, this is a good character <laughs> moment. It was yeah, just like so finally. Large. And I really like that actress because she was Jane in Mad Men. Peyton and List. Peyton List is excellent. She's yeah, she's great, an excellent yeah. actress. But the the writing for this character was 
fucking bananas like fucking made no fucking sense she didn't belong she almost as much as elnor did not belong on this show like i did we need another fucking weird incestuous fucking pair of fucking Mm -hmm. aliens i don't know what this why this trope exists or alex kurtzman uh, i hate it i don't want it i didn't want to see it it was yeah it was weird Uh, yeah and uh, like we didn't need that to make them feel villainous like they were already doing some pretty horrible shit to begin with so her being weirdly sexually abusive to her brother was a dimension that was really not needed at all i didn't need that at all um i didn't need any of that to be fair so yeah whatever so like as much as i enjoyed isa Briones, if they had excised the, that entire fucking triangle of characters somehow and just made this about the borg oh man this show would have been five million times better but unfortunately we got what we got so yeah I have one last like major gripe and it has sort of two parts to it. And I know that this is to some extent a Star Trek trope, but I feel like they leaned on it way too much here is there was so much tell don't show. So for instance, that like in the Romulan evacuation and all that, like we see tiny bits and pieces of that in flashback. But the first introduction we get to it is the Utopia Planitia fiasco is all via that interview with Kirk. And it's Picard. like Picard, or with sorry, with Picard, uh, and it like that just felt like Kirk such hated a interviewers. <laughs> <laughs> that felt like such a fucking cop out to me, and and I had like legitimately had trouble following that and and the connections between it because we were not shown it. It was just like, oh, we're just gonna sort of tell you a very vague outline of what happened in this interview. That's because that story is actually a better story to tell as a TV show than what we got. And I would have loved to have like a full yeah. episode of each of those events rather yeah. than like fucking bullshit free cloud episode kind of thing. So I had to rewatch that interview like four or five times in part because the deliveries weren't always strong in particular on the part of the interviewer. Like she was kind of muttering under her breath a couple times. And like, so I had trouble following it for instance, that the Roman, uh, the Romulan sun was going to go supernova. I had to, like, it was like my third time going back and rewatching that, that I actually heard, okay, that's why the Romulans had to fucking evacuate. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm pretty sure in the 24th century, a star going supernova is not going to be a fucking surprise to anybody that they would have known years in advance that some shit like that was going to fucking happen. And you know, that it's not like, Oh shit, we better get out of here. Fucking planet's going to explode this weekend. Like, yeah, the logical loops that the Trek fan base has had to do to make the Hobus incident make sense is astounding. You basically have to turn it into a Tal Shiar like a, an experimental plot that went wrong and caused a, and, cause it has to be a subspace thing, right? It has to be traveling faster than light to actually cause such an issue that it destroys Romulus. Cause it would be technically light years away. Mm-hmm. Unless it's the Romulan star that just went supernova immediately. In which case there's nobody to evacuate at that point. Cause if the supernova happens, everybody in that system is fucking dead. Vaporized. Yeah. Immediately. So like, it's one of the other kind of thing. If, if it's one of these ones that happened light years away, which they, they seem to say that it was the Romulan, like the Romulan home star that was supernova, which was not what they indicated in the original, like the, the comics and Star Trek 09 and that kind of stuff. But that was all such JJ Abrams super science nonsense that it doesn't 
none of it tracks properly anyway. Yeah. So like this whole thing's all you just got to deal with it. And this is the background event. The Romulan star empires collapsed because of a supernova somewhere in their territory that went awry and everything fucked up. But like, can we see that as opposed to just having been told that yeah, and kind of ha- exactly. dealing with the implication of it? If that's, you know, the entire impetus for this fucking whole season, then give us a five minute fucking like show us some hollows of that event happening or something like that. Like, you know, in in the interview, like show us, you know, they, they cut to some flashbacks or some fucking like recordings of what happened kind of thing so that we're not just hearing it from this fucking like yeah. shitty like gotcha reporter or whatever. And I think that's why part of why this show felt a little like I would say rushed or cheap kind of thing is that that whole s- segment to me called for like at least half an episode worth of flashbacks to Picard yeah. on the Enterprise dealing with the situation. You know what I mean? Like Picard in yeah. uniform mm-hmm. in Starfleet still dealing with the situation and then having to leave. And you could do it as quick cuts, right? Where like yeah. you do like five minutes of him like on the bridge of the Enterprise E and like they're flying towards it with the fleet and like Hobus happens and like that f- everything gets wiped out or whatever and it turn, becomes more compelling at that point because at least then you were there on the ship with him and yeah, you know you why more, he's upset you can connect yeah. to more with it you, you can, can connect to it more, more with you and and the other situation where I, I had a lot of trouble resonating because i was just being told and not shown was rios and his whole psd ptsd incident with his former uh the captain yeah his former captain you know the whole thing like and for starters like it's way too fucking convenient by half that like his former captain ended up having to kill a synthetic that was that the was same model much, yeah. as Soji and Dodge. Like that, yeah. we didn't need that fucking connection. Like just no. leave that the fuck out. But yeah. it just added to an already convoluted and difficult to believe well, fucking but plot. It, but it's also one of these modern Trek things where the world is this big. You know what I mean? Like it's such yeah. a tiny, everything's interconnected world. Whereas like because of the episodic nature of Trek before, Star Trek felt huge before because every week you were going to a different place that felt yeah. really important to the lore of the show, but then you would just leave it and forget about it and keep going. You know what I mean? Whereas this, yeah. everything's tied back into each other. So like, yeah, Rios's XO having been tied into this fucking synthetic plot. I was like, why, why it, yeah. it's just as traumatic to him. If they ran into them at some point, he recognized her from while he was on the ship. And then two years later, the captain died horribly in the dominion more. You know what I mean? Like what difference does it make yeah. to all this? Yeah. Or to and his then PTSD they, if it was a Dominion War incident. At least then you acknowledge – because they didn't acknowledge the fact like the Federation just had a huge, massive war that would – because everybody was bitching about Starfleet being shitty. I'm like, Starfleet's always been shitty. Man, watch The Undiscovered Country again. There's been this shit in Starfleet forever. But like after the Dominion War, which was like an existential threat to the Federation in the Alpha Quadrant, I can see Starfleet becoming more militarized. So I have no problems with that, like that kind of stuff. But when you're into like – we're just all tying this everything. fucking PTSD stuff yeah. and it's all tied back to some like B-level plot that would have been maybe a two-parter in the middle of the season of TNG, basically. Because that's what this is. is like a really long two-parter, by and large, that all wraps up at the end. Yeah. There's just too much shit going on. No, and, and ultimately, yeah. it feels like they're just trying to give Rios more to do in this season. Mm-hmm. And like obviously, they didn't know when they were filming this that they were going to get a second season or whatever. But still, like, you don't need to have every fucking character have a full character arc in every single season, right? You can have just a character that's just kind of there and, you know, isn't fully, you know, doesn't have, like, their own whole fucking thing going on is just there to support the other characters. Like, yes, 
why the fucking idea of supporting characters exists. Yeah. And like I I did I like the whole like Rios and his holograms and and all that dynamic. Like that was kind of a fun dynamic and but I, I don't feel like they needed to pay that off this season. I feel, felt like if they hadn't paid that off and we'd only got this one season, it would have been fine. Nobody would have been like, "Oh fuck, I'm so pissed off that I didn't get closure on Rios." Yeah. Like but then if you do get a second season, like, all right, now we fucking spend two episodes going through Rios's shit. Well, see, the other thing is now, because, like, what forced plot contrivance are we going to have jammed into all these characters' backstories so that they tie into the Klingons next year or whatever yeah. they decide to do or the Q next year or whatever? Like, yeah. how to Q manipulate their lives so they all ended up working with Picard next year? You know what I mean? Like, that yeah. kind of stuff's going to start happening. everything always has to be connected because for some reason that makes things – is it's uh, – <gasps> shock storyline moment which guys, never never works it's a bad robot trope it's these guys are bad robot guys who are developing this stuff and it's that that's the lost formula is the mystery <laughs> box we got to tie everything together and everything's just like its own internal Ouroboros snake eating its own tail loop yeah you know what I mean like that's what these things are or more likely the snake's asshole eating the snake's head kind of basically <laughs> yes. and shitting into kind of, its own mouth yeah, basically just shitting into its own mouth in a big circle at this point. So, yeah, yeah. pretty <laughs> the much. human caterpillar model or hum, human centipede, human model. centipede model of, of, uh, of script Star, writing of, yeah. of Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Any other major gripes that we want to talk about? I know Mark wanted to talk about design. I just want to talk about the design very briefly because, like, I didn't like the new Starfleet uniforms. I didn't like that they picked a com badge that was an ugly rehash of an old ugly rehash com badge. The new uniforms looked cheap. I was bummed out by that. They didn't fit well. Didn't fit well. We didn't even see like on board a modern Starfleet ship for more than 30 seconds. And when we did, it was Riker sitting on board the Bridge of the Discovery with some redress, which is disappointing. <laughs> and then we get and so, like my big thing, and this is like the the tech side, like tech fan of Star Trek side of me that really bummed me out was like to do this big fleet battle, which they shouldn't have done because next gen was never about big fleet battles. It was always about one ship hanging like head to head with another fleet battles were deep space nine kind of shit. So like all of a sudden you get 200 ships flying in at each other and there's, it's so boring because they're exactly the same model of ship and they're not even callback ships. They don't even look like, and Paul was bitching about this and it really got me when Paul's bitching about this is when I'm like, Oh yeah, this is a real problem. The Romulan ships are all nondescript and have no ties back to any Romulan design philosophy. They don't look like the old, I like the Romulan Warbird. Yeah, but like it, they look like really futuristic, like kind of two futuristic versions of the old Bird of Prey from the original yeah, series, yeah, as yeah, opposed yeah. to looking like advanced versions of the Dideridix or Valdor class Warbirds that we saw in TNG and the TNG yeah. movies, which are badass, iconic sci-fi ships, right? So like now you've got this fleet of really generic Romulan ships hanging toe-to-toe with new Starfleet ships, all of which are completely identical, and it's just boring. I should have been able to look at those screens and be like, oh, shit, there's a Valdor way back there. Oh, there's a D-Deridix way back there. Or is that a Sovereign way back there or an Excelsior? Like, what are – just to have that moment for the nerds to be like, oh, look, there's a Defiant. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, the, the moment that, that everybody got in Rise of Skywalker when, you know, that whole fucking Every massive yes. fleet from yeah. all of Star Wars history fucking showed up. Yeah, which was, like, probably my favorite part of that movie because it was <laughs> just the ships and I didn't have to think about the plot for 30 seconds. <laughs> I just like, look at all the cool ships, man. I love the industrial design of Star Wars. And that's my thing. I love the industrial design of Star Trek. But they just milk toast it and, like, half-assed it. And, like, I get – 
you have your battle fleet of 40 new ships, but if you're going to have 200 ships, make it 50 of those new class of ships and then 150 of like sovereigns and galaxies and excelsiors everything and, like, else that they scrounged up from the corners yeah. of the federation kind of yeah thing. exactly yeah. so like and like i yes yeah, so you can argue yeah after the dominion war they would have militarized and built a big fleet of battleships so they had a response unit and that's cool and that's 50 ships but if you're gonna send 200 give me some variety like variety is a spice of life the spice must flow that's the wrong franchise but like <laughs> that's fine i just wanted to see some different shit and like new, like the fact that we got, and I was begging for new Starfleet ships to show up. The fact that we got one two hundred times over it was a huge disappointment to me. So and think it too, like this Romulan Empire that is scattered to the fucking winds has no homeworld anymore. Where the fuck did they come up with two hundred plus ships? Yeah, that they coordinate perfectly. That, that's a Tal Shiar thing. The Tal Shiar always ha- seems to have some weird, random fleet of ships on their own, which makes no sense because they're supposed to be the secret police. How are they building? Fleets of warbirds. Yeah, they're all cloaked. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I mean that's possible because cloaked, they had a shipyards, I guess. Because they even had a fleet of D Derrick's class warbirds in Deep Space Nine that were all Tal Shiar ships, and everybody's like, those ships are twice the size of Galaxy class ships. How did they take the time or hide building them? Hey, like it makes no sense. But okay, maybe Commodore O was moonlighting as an engineer between being a general in the Tal Shiar <sighs> and being a Commodore okay. in Starfleet. Because that what a fucking, fucking stupid arch character. That was the top of my, like, what the fuck list was. How did this woman, who is now a Commodore in Starfleet, also somehow hold the rank of general in the Romulan Star Empire? (laughs) Like, that doesn't make, like, how much, how much paperwork was she doing on the side? Does she not sleep? She couldn't have possibly (laughs) slept for 20 years to do the amount of paperwork or stuff that would be required to get a general's rank. Yeah. And get a commodore rank in starfleet like she would have to been because she would have been on a ship and like doing starfleet duties as a spy how long how long of a plan is this how long (laughs) has she been in starfleet like it makes no sense although i like that she had ray-bans that was badass yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah that whole character was a lot and made very little sense and i and why was she the one leading the the attack fleet that was my question like she was busy doing reconnaissance spy work why is she a military general it doesn't make any sense how did she get off earth without nobody noticing also she's head of starfleet security and she can just disappear and end up in romulan space she's double secret secret romulan mark oh, so man. that's why i secret was so happy i was so happy when will showed up in that big fucking honker of a whatever that that ship he was talking about the the zangi jai like something it was the zangi i think is what he called it or Zhang He. Something like that. I can't remember. Uh, either way, it was the whatever the flagship of that that battle fleet was. And he got to fucking talk trash at her. Like, yeah, I'm going to kick your Tao Shiar ass back to the fucking Empire and shit. I was like, yeah, yeah I will. Yeah. So kick that, bitch, kick that bitch back in over the fucking neutral zone. Yeah. yeah. We, we'd be happy to escort you back. It would be our yeah. pleasure. It was Yeah, otherwise like, we're going to so, blow your fucking warp cores out of the sky. It was yeah. so Riker. Like, threatening, yeah. threatening in such a, a jovial, amiable way. He is the Kirk of Next Gen. You know what I mean? He he makes you he threatens you, but at the same time you're like, oh, he's such a sweet dude. Like he's such an awesome guy. He just threatened to blow me the fuck out of the sky, but I love him for let's it. Let's go for beers after. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. go for beers after. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I love Will Riker. Whew, yeah. You're my boy. You are my boy. 
All right. So we've gone through all that. I think it's time for us to wrap up. Yes. Because, yeah, we could go on. I'm sure I could go on and we could I all have, go on. I could go on for hours. Yeah. So. But uh, so let's do our final thoughts. Let's go with uh, Tim. What are your, your final thoughts? Uh, I mean, ultimately, if I, had, if I had to give this a rating, like, I did love seeing Picard back in the saddle again. So, like, based primarily on that, I think I'd give it, like, a 7 out of 10. But this show should have been a fucking slam dunk. But yeah. the creative team just, like, overwrought it, overcomplicated it to the point where it just felt really overwrought overall. And, unfortunately, it was kind of another fucking discovery situation for me. Yep. Exactly the same feeling, except I was watching it the first time and knew, you know what I mean? Whereas like discovery, I was, I definitely had that feeling watching it, watching it the first time through. Like I was like, man, this is not hanging together. And then when I was sort of watching it more closely, the second time through, I was noticing like, this is why it doesn't hang together. Like I was, I was pick out the bits and pieces. Yeah. Yeah, I was having issues with it as the show went on. And I think I, my reticence to talk to anybody about the show, probably <laughs> with the two of you guys, you guys probably noticed I wasn't talking about the show very much. And that was why, because I was like, I'm not, this is not working for me. <laughs> so can I actually give my final thoughts? I miss Star Trek. <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying it that way. I just want a Star Trek show that isn't like just rife with, we have to like, <sighs> I get we want to tell Star Trek in a modern context and stuff like that. But there's so many sci-fi shows that you can tell the angry, bitter dystopian future stuff with. I think the world needs what Star Trek is right now a little bit more in general. I think we could use some traditional Trek in like pop culture because that hopeful thing that, you know, Gene wanted the shows to be about is not really present. I mean, it's present in this in a way, but like it still kind of isn't. So I'm like, I'm just torn on this whole thing. I wanted it to be like a great, hey, we got this. Captain Picard gets to go like, I wanted it to be the undiscovered country. You know what I mean? Like we're going to send this crew that we loved finally into the sunset the way and an appropriate send off kind of way that we didn't get with Nemesis. Right. And now it's going to be three seasons of not really doing that. And that's just really, really, really upsetting to me. So I hope they don't ever do anything with Deep Space Nine because I don't want them to fuck that up one too. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what would you give it out of 10, Mark? Uh, I'd give it a 6 out of 10, which just honestly rips my fucking heart out of my chest to say. Because this, again, like I agree with Tim, this should have been the easiest. Like this is Star Trek Picard, right? Like this is the the most popular character you could possibly hope to bring back and have a new show with in this franchise and they kind of milk toast it. And that's really upsetting. So that, like I said, they've done a new show. They've brought back an old favorite. The only thing they have left to do is reboot something and either they're going to reboot TNG or they're just going to do the Pike show, which leads into a soft reboot of TOS. <laughs> and that's what Star Trek's going to be at, at this point. Yeah. I just hope that when, by the time they get to that, Alex Kurtzman and Akiva Goldsman have fucked the fuck off. And some, maybe a couple guys who used to write Star Trek, like Ron Moore and like Robert Hewitt Wolf or somebody like that, come aboard and kind of reshape this franchise to like be a modern version of the Trek that we all want it to be, basically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Also, please give me my license so that I can print my posters, CBS, even though I've shit <laughs> on your show. I'm so sorry. I want to love this. You should go look at the prints. You'll see how much I love this franchise. It's all in the prints, basically. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. 
And I'm not going to belabor the point because I think that you guys have pretty much nailed my feelings on it too i'm only going to give it a 5.5 because from if i were giving these ratings based on like can i recommend this to somebody i can't Mm -hmm. really recommend it to star trek fans because i think it's a big disappointment and i can't really recommend it to casual maybe casual sci-fi fans but general casual fans of tv no like genre tv and stuff yeah yeah, like a, a general genre person who's not super familiar and doesn't have a horse in the race when it comes to star trek and doesn't really have a lot. Maybe if you've watched some of the the Calvinverse movies and you're like interested in Star Trek, I mean, go maybe look at some of the better episodes of Deep Space Nine or TNG. Don't like. I can't really recommend this show, but I do think that there are some good ideas here that would be worth examining in a different show. Maybe like the Seven of Nine spinoff or something. I don't know, but yeah, I generally don't think that. Like it's better than average, but barely. Yeah, you know, it's better than Discovery, but like grading on a curve is not something we generally do on Dance Robot Dance. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. So on its own merits, I can say that it's above average, but it's not something I would recommend to everyone. It's not yeah. something that it's definitely not something that Star Trek fans must see. Honestly, considering the existential crisis that Mark was going through watching this show, maybe you just stay the fuck away from it. But uh, for other people who might be interested just in watching some good performances in a sci-fi universe, oh, maybe. Go watch The Expanse instead. Yeah, go do something. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe something else. All yeah. right. Um, with that, let us move on to our final Stingless segment, our geek cred, where we recommend something geeky that we've been into recently or that we liked long ago that we are digging out. So, uh Geek cred. Tim, what's your geek cred? So I finally watched Parasite. Finally had the time because we've been like sit down, you know, had so much time and we were supposed to be on vacation this whole week. So I've been off this whole week. I had the time to sit down and watch, you know, a two hour movie with subtitles. And yeah, I I really enjoyed it. It's shot fucking beautifully. It's it's ripping. It's very much relevant giving everybody being stuck in their fucking houses right now for sure yeah oh man i would be even honestly that movie would probably be even more harrowing to watch now than it was in a pre-covid 19 universe you know yeah. what i mean like, i watched it before all this stuff happened and it just ate at my fucking brain for two days like it freaked me and out. not just from the bunker side of things but also you know the conditions that that family is living in like in that basement apartment kind of thing and Mm -hmm. in squalor basically and how fucking people like that are have you know having to deal with all of this that don't have the resources that you know relatively middle class folks like us do kind of thing yeah 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 so yeah it's uh really well done really well directed generally pretty well acted i you know there i had a few like minor qualms with it but for the most part like it is it deserves i would say all the accolades it's gotten yep all right mark what's your geek cred what do you recommend uh go buy a print blackraingallery.com please <laughs> would be really nice there uh batman 66 batman 89 and supernatural prints are on sale immediately and we will have star trek coming up hopefully assuming nobody hears this review <laughs> Otherwise, just follow me on Instagram, MT underscore Willette, or you, and if I want to actually recommend a nerdy thing and not just pimp my own bullshit, uh, I would go back and watch, maybe watch All Good Things or some mm. other Next Generation That was a good, good wrap up to Picard for sure. 
Yeah, like maybe all good things or just if you want some action after the kind of like we didn't get any action in this series, maybe go watch First Contact. Avoid the other two. Just way you get to see the sweet new Enterprise and all that kind of stuff. But I'd go to First Contact or all good things if you're looking for like you're disappointed with this movie and you want some Trek. Yeah, I would do that. Or just watch Deep Space Nine again because that shit never gets old. That's the one thing I was like I wrote in my notes that I didn't say this whole time is like, thank God nobody from CBS can ever come to my house. And take my Blu-rays of those old shows away because I can still live in those old shows and ignore all this other shit (laughs) that's happening. Even though like my brain just refuses to not acknowledge it and I need to know everything because it's Star Trek world and I need to know. But uh, yeah, follow me on Instagram. Go watch some classic Trek. Mm -hmm. Enjoy your isolation. It's just so surprising that all of us found it so, you know, so, so much of a letdown considering it's getting like generally good reviews. Yeah. Something like 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like Metacritic has like around like 75 or 76 or something like that. It's just. Is that again, though, another one of these, like they only got to watch the first half of the series and they didn't get to pay off the whole thing. I don't, I don't, I didn't read any reviews about this. I don't care what regular critics say about star trek anymore like that doesn't phase me they're never fans right i've i've seen some like legit like trek fans on my facebook and stuff that are like i fucking love this show i love seeing picard back in this and everything and i just have to like bite my tongue and be like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna shit on your sandwich (laughs) yeah i've had a couple of those but what i've had more frequently than anything else is just like i'm in the subreddits and stuff so like the like the exasperated, like, oh, I really wanted this to be better than it is that like I that we kind of feel I think is pretty common in the fan base at whole mm-hmm. or as a whole. And yeah, so, you know, yeah, I just go buy some art for me and watch old Star Trek as yeah. opposed to watching this, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. For my geek cred, I'm actually going to recommend the, my last three weeks obsession, which is Final Fantasy XIV. Mark uh, meant, uh, said something to me last night about like you really like this Final Fantasy game because it seems like you really didn't like Final Fantasy for a while. I was like, you're right. I really hated Final Fantasy XIII and XV, and I spent a lot of hours with Final Fantasy XIII one and two. So I have to say, Final Fantasy XIV is an excellent game. It's not just an MMO where I'm just like plodding along in. F- like just doing it out of habit. I'm actually really engaged with the gameplay, the online component where you're raiding and fighting these like classic Final Fantasy monsters is fucking fun as hell. And sometimes even the battles themselves are like funny to watch. Like when you're fight- doing the Gilgamesh battles and he's like, the- everyone's calling him Greg because they don't care to learn his name. It's fucking great. Final Fantasy has been pretty disappointing as a franchise, I think, for a lot of people for a long time. But Final Fantasy IV. I know there's a big financial gate of having to buy the game and doing the monthly subscription, but I personally think it's worth it if you're a Final Fantasy fan and you haven't made that jump yet. Plus, a lot of that stuff is on sale. Square Enix is selling it for discounted Nothing prices. right now. Yeah, yeah, there's a big Square Enix sale on Steam and PSN right now, yeah. so you have time to jump into all those Square games. Yeah, and Final Fantasy XIV is incredibly beginner-friendly. Like, you can get into raid type content and levels really really easily and i'm constantly helping new players get through those raids because they incentivize old players to replay old raids through like experience points and new gear and stuff like that so they've really got a good system going where even as i'm a returning player who is getting helped out by much more experienced players i am also helping people who are just getting back in because of the self quarantine stuff so final fantasy 14 give it a shot it's really good so 
Yeah. Even if you're playing healer and you're uh, everyone's blaming you for everything bad that happens. God damn it. Uh, all right. <laughs> so with that said, that's the end of our show. Tell us what you thought about Picard. Did you like it? Did you hate it? Do you think we're idiots and that you completely disagree with us and that Picard is the second coming of Star Trek Jesus? Or do you agree with us completely? Or did you think that we should have been so gracious and we should have hated it more? What do you think? Tell us. Talk to us. We like to hear from you. You can subscribe to our podcast via whichever podcasting app you like. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. We'd also love to hear anything if you have anything that you want to talk about from whether it's from the news geek cred anything get us on facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast on twitter at drd underscore podcast or email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com so say good night mark good night everybody well actually you know what live long and prosper everybody and say good night tim peace and long life and i was paul have a good night, everybody. At least now we know what uh, would happen if Star Trek meets The Matrix. Well, we also know what happens when Star Trek meets Battlestar Galactica and Mass Effect, because that's basically <laughs> what this was. So. Yeah, we didn't talk much about the Battlestar connection, but man, man, man. Instead of bringing Ron Moore aboard, they just ripped him off, which was very disappointing. In a shit way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I keep saying, man, if they do that Pike show... They need to get Ron Moore in that writing room, I think, because that would probably at least make me want to watch it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, bye. Bye.